welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Global Milk. Global Milk! O'Doyle Rules! Global Milk! A subsidiary of Red Pantheon Productions. Welcome, everybody, to episode 37 of Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. How's everybody doing? Blood! No. I only see it's blood! <laughs> well, I- I'm doing better than uh, the Count over there. <laughs> I'm tired, but you know that's that's the usual. I lost part of my roof in a windstorm, and I, oh, I, got, I got to take the day off to fix part of my roof. So, it's the second time it's happened since I've lived here. That does not sound fun. I came home from a day with the family, and my chimney cap was stuck in my lawn like a ninja star. And if you don't know what a chimney cap is, it's just like this metal mushroom head that goes on your chimney to keep like weather and critters out of your chimney. And I have three chimneys. I'm not sure what they do or where they go, but I have three. I've always assumed that there's like a sub sub basement to my house that I've never discovered that there's like a creepy guy living in Uh, (laughs) that or it's just like weird 50s style, like heating and cooling. But uh I had to pay a crazy guy to come over and climb on the roof in the rain to fix it. And I got other guys coming tomorrow to reassess the damage and blah, blah, blah. Home ownership is not fun. No. Is the uh, moral of this story. And I've got friends that had like a tree fall on power lines by their house. and They still don't have any power. Uh, the first year I lived here, we had a windstorm and it literally took off half of my roof. Which worked out for the best because then insurance just paid for us to get a new roof. Mm. Um, but this is just like I can pay a guy forty dollars to risk his life and climb a ladder and do it in twenty minutes. I'd rather do that. <laughs> um, you guys, did you watch the new season of Masters of the Universe? All oh, lovely, indeed. glorious eight episodes. Yes. Did Enjoy you guys it. like it more than the first season? I don't know if I liked it more. I would say I put it on par because, I mean, it's it continues the same kind of jokes and same kind of humor. And it, you know, introduces new characters, which is always fun. But I I don't know that I I, I would say I liked it more. I just liked it the same. You know, Uh, I would I would probably say that I liked it a little bit more just because I feel like. Well, it was well, it did in essence, just continue the same trend of what it's set to do in the first season. I feel like it did it so well, and the added extra ridiculousness of it really, really hit home with me. Uh, They're like, for God's sake, Skeletor's birthday. (laughs) That felt like the Christmas episode. Yeah. Lord Skeletor is great. Lord Skeletor is nice. Lord Skeletor is wonderful. <laughs> and we never got to find out what he really wanted for his birthday. Yeah, it was just what his heart desired. And uh, the only thing he admitted to was he wanted a battle cat. Yes. Yeah. Which 
I'm so glad that they got that that paid off and they put his bike in the show, even if it's just like a toy of the uh, the minute episode. I thought that was like really cool. I loved all of the back and forth of Beastman and Trap Jaw. Yeah, the Orkening. I love how that's just a thing. <laughs> like I'm like what? what? I like when Trapjaw was explaining Painthor to Skeletor. He was like, it's like, it's like a Panthor, but with pain. Yeah. <laughs> that that cracked me up. I um, love, I loved that Duncan just like after the fact just knew about the Orkin and he was just like, oh, I'm the Orkin. <laughs> like it was just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, uh, no, just, the whole thing was great. I I just can't get over the fact that we got a Skeletor birthday episode with Skeletor and Duncan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, of all the... It's just great. I loved every bit of it. There's some confusing stuff, but I think it'll pay off later. Yeah. Like, trap, not trap, trap Triclops. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know... All I could think of is, like, how are they going to make this a toy? But I can wait. Or that's a good way for them to uh, give us, like, a royal guard or something and just have it included with them. Yeah. Um, you I know, see, and I was telling... I, I, I really think they're waiting to give us a Triclops toy because I get the distinct feeling that next season it's going to choose a permanent body. That's what I was thinking. It's going to end up having a permanent host. And we'll have our more traditional Triclops. Yeah. I think so, too. All um, I know is we better get a Gary toy. God damn oh, it. God. <laughs> we Give better Gary. get Gary. Do it, Mattel. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, it's just like this reeks of a vehicle. Yeah. It reminded and... me of the Mega Mutants from Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like, I we, just... we need Gary. And it, it better have, like, some sort of weird glow or light-up feature. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I heard him talk, I was like, no. No, they didn't. <laughs> Is that... And it took me a second. I was like, they got Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love now, it. Now, here's, here's an interesting side note, because they did... Uh, they did at one point show smaller dragonflies. Yep. Did you guys notice... The design of the dragonflies? No, I, I did not. It's Tongue Lasher's accessory. Son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I didn't even notice that. So, like, even even Gary in himself, without being, like, yeah. unknown, like, being a completely new thing, is still an Easter egg. That's cool. Did you catch the painting of the snake man you can clearly see cobra khan and i think ratlor along yeah. with king hiss yeah um the only other easter egg i caught i told josh was um blade runner the oh, episode I, I where you that. meet the episode where you meet manny faces orko's sleeping and he has this speech that rugger Hauer has about seeing like the moons of saturn <laughs> Oh crap! I, how did I miss that? And he wakes yeah. up, and then he wakes up King Randor, and then he goes, "Origami unicorns." Yep. Which is how that's Edward James Olmos's character is just folding origami unicorns the whole movie <laughs> as like a character tick. 
I can't believe that that did not click with me. Like I totally, I totally yeah, missed that. I totally I'm, missed it too until Mike Mike pointed it out to me. Oh, what the hell! <laughs> These clever bastards. But yeah, this uh, Josh, you had said something off the air that this is very reminiscent of the uh, the Nick Turtles, and my God, it it really is. And that was my favorite version of the turtles. So let's see if this can become my favorite version of Masters. Yeah, I mean, so far them... it's, it's it's climbing the ladder quick. In my mind, they're two separate things because I can't compare anything to that Turtles. Nick Turtles was so, so good that I don't think it's fair. <laughs> See, I I feel, and the reason I, I draw that comparison, uh, which I will 100% stand by until, you know, the show does something to prove me wrong, is the the Nick Turtles did a great job of being completely its own thing well drawing from every era of ninja turtles yep plus pop culture and horror and it seems like this masters of the universe is doing that same thing where it's it's doing completely its own thing but it's still drawing from every possible angle of masters of the universe plus pop culture yep there was, ah, oh man, I wish I had written it down, but there was, there was another uh, Easter egg to an outside thing that I, that I caught in one of the later episodes uh, that He-Man, like, direct quoted, that in the moment I was like, oh, hey, that's whatever, and now I just totally forgot because the, the ending totally shocked me. Oh, you know, you know, it was another one. It was very like obvious. Uh, the train is one of the trams for Eternia. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that was just like as soon as they said the train, I was like, "That's got to be what that is," and that's what it was. Um, I, I have to say, I absolutely love the redesign for Webstore, and I I need an action figure of him. I need lots of toys of glowing parts. Get on that. Yeah, but but I love how he's like hunched over and fat and weird looking. It reminded me of Spider Bites, and I love Spider Bites. It's one of my favorite TMNT designs ever. And Web Store just had that same, like, roly-poly Spider-Man kind of character. And I'm like, ah, I need it. It's so cool. You know, and he had, like, I love his shtick. His only shtick so far is that nobody understands his language. Yeah. And there's just a communication barrier, and Stratos is like, Spider-Guy, no, Web Store. Like, he's becoming that Michelangelo idiot that names people which just cracks me up and And stratos he's hilarious i was gonna say can we just take a minute to appreciate that they made stratos fucking cool like stratos has always just kind of been like that that other guy like that other heroic warrior but they made him really fun like i really like stratos i will go on the record of not liking stratos like og stratos i do not like see it's the fun the funny thing is, I I love this version of Stratos because I don't like him. <laughs> and and the fact that he was able to evoke anything from me when past Stratos has always just been there. Yeah. Yep. To me, like, he's I, always the guy who can't hold any weapons. <laughs> <laughs> With the weird arm feathers. Yeah, like it just bugs me to no end when I was a kid that I'd play with them and I just feel like 
he can't hold the sword. And yep. he, his arm wings is not a weapon to me. I See, just don't me, like him. He was, I never made him a good guy when I was playing with, with my He-Man toys. He was always like just another bestial character, like Beast Man. So he would just like swoop in and just start pounding the shit out of people, just beating the hell out of them. And See, the funny oh, thing for me is like years before the Mike Young 2000X He-Man, mm-hmm. I, mine was basically Sean Connery. Okay. Like just, just the weird little beard he had. <laughs> uh, like automatically for some reason always made me think of Sean Connery in uh uh Last Crusade even though he had a mustache in that too but like so so I would always fly stratos around this the flying scotsman <laughs> I we can go to Eternia and beat their women <laughs> 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 oh shit! Uh, <laughs> he was always just for me the first guy to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the- you have your you set up your masters in Castle Grayskull and Skeletor attacks. He's always on the top at lookout, and he gets shot immediately. Or like somebody's gotta go in the slime pit. Where's Stratos? <laughs> I feel like we need to have a conversation about that one of these days about in, in your, your games as a, as a child, which figures were the first, like, which were the sacrificial lambs, which were the characters that get killed? Cause we all had them. We all oh yeah. Had them. Everybody had the junkie GI Joes that they just didn't like, but they had. Yep. I had more guys that get, I had guys that like never died. Cause oh, yeah. they were the cool ones. Like snake eyes. You never killed them. Mm-hmm. But then I had like just, the cannon fodder <laughs> and mostly for masters universe it was always like the galaxy fighters oh yeah and the bad guys but like man at arms to get killed stratos to get killed yep i was just gonna uh, say man at arms was mine he was the one that always got killed yeah same <laughs> tila was always just being captured i never played with tila that much i had her uh all the bad guys are on the table for getting offed I'm trying to think, like, Battle Cat ate a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always Stratos, man. I never killed Orko. It always seemed like sacri- like he just he's too childlike. Yeah. I had Orko. I don't think I ever actually used him to play, like, in, in playing. It was always <laughs> like, I don't fucking want to use Orko. I don't care. I, I don't need someone. Floor and I always have him charge out to battle with the zip tie feature to make him scoot. Mm-hmm. on my like linoleum tile floor growing up but yeah he just he's just there see even as, as, a as kid, I, does. even as a kid i was like i don't need someone to be a complete idiot on my team see yeah. because i again because i never played by the storyline orko was always like a wizard in my book like he wasn't a bumbling magician like he always i always made him use magic from afar uh see i think i just like it, I was so soured on Orko. <laughs> even even as a kid that I was like, I don't care, he's an idiot. He's See, think, nothing else. He'll always be an idiot. I think the cartoon idiot that I just, I fucking hated was Snarf. I couldn't oh. stand Snarf. Fuck Snarf. <laughs> snarf, Snarf. He annoyed the shit out of me. 
Ugh, man, he sucked. <laughs> and it's like, he's there because of Orko. Yep. It's like, well, but, we need that guy. But you have to give Snarf a little bit of credit for one thing and one thing only. What Without that? Snarf, we would likely not have Smarf. <laughs> What's Smarf? From Too Many Cooks. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. The weird puppet cat monster. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. His, so, his insanity led to the creation of that. So I will say, like, just for his part in the creation of Smarf, I will, uh, I'll appreciate Snarf's existence while hating him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've never been a huge Thundercats guy. Like, I, I like some of the, the character designs, but I don't know. The show never really grabbed me and the toys, meh, like. They were a completely different scale from the rest of my figures, so I never really cared. See, I always found it weird that the Thundercats, basically every character, had to exclaim their name in some way. Yeah. What do, what do you mean? Or what they were. Like, even the... Even oh, the, I gotcha. Even the chant of, like, Thunder, 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 Thundercats, ho! Yeah. Like... Yes, we know what you are. Thank you. <laughs> you're Thundercats and I, your hoes. I just pictured like six-year-old Josh just sitting there watching TV like, yes, we know that. Thank you. Move on with the story, please. And and even with Mumra, it was always like, I am Mumra. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's long established. Thank you. Well, but Josh, you can name all of them now. (laughs) Because it's burned into our memories. (laughs) See, now, at least least with Cobra, yelling out Cobra, you know, with with the evil organizations yelling out their organization name, it's it's a little bit of like a mind control unity thing. Like, that I get. Yeah. But, But when you're like a bunch of heroes, unless it's that big moment that's been building up for a long time where suddenly you like whisper Avengers assemble in a way that the whole team audibly could not hear in any way, but it works. <laughs> and then the crowd goes fucking crazy. Like that's earned. Yeah. But every time you go into battle, come on. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I went grocery shopping today and I didn't put the cart back and I ran through the parking lot screaming rad Panthers. <laughs> so it makes you feel cool. It's like it's a modern form of chest beating. Oh. Speaking of Red Panthers, that's the unofficial nickname for all the cool people in the two the super secret club that it's membership only. You can't be a part of it, you're not as cool. Call ourselves the Red Panthers. We're part of Rad Pantheon. You know what that means? There's other cool creatives like us doing awesome stuff. And there's a new podcast that just dropped today called Heretic Party. Did you guys get a chance to check it out? I have not yet. Not yet. No, I'm I'm planning on hopefully uh, the next night or so. So they're just, they put a lot of effort into like the production of this. You can tell when you listen to it. 
they have like audio clips on Instagram, which I never knew you could do. Um, but it's two ex fundamental Christians, uh, Joe Bablazo and Christian Atley, just sharing funny anecdotes growing up in super religious families and their efforts to try to do like nerdy stuff. So they have the first two episodes are just devoted to like how they got chastised for enjoying Dungeons and Dragons. <coughs> and it's entertaining as hell. It sounds it. And they put like, you're listening to it and you're like, production values? Really? What's that? You know, like, we put a little effort in at Count Creepyhead, but not a ton. I mean, like, they have, like, cutaways to audio gags and, like, it sounds great. They did a great job. And Speaking uh, of our lack of production value, if you hear background noise from me right now, I'm absolutely playing with a toy. <laughs> yeah. Mike, what's your, de- what's your, your toy right now? Uh, the one sitting uh, on my desk is uh, is uh, Ratchet, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I have Soundwave, but anyway. Yeah, they're really cool. Check them out. Mike, what's coming up from Boogeyman's Closet? Because, like, the last two episodes I forgot to ask. Uh, well, we're in Werewolf Month now. So yep. we uh, t- actually, after we're done recording this, I will be posting episode 133, which is The Howling. And yes. uh, coming up after that is American Werewolf in London. So sweet. Um, fun. What about raised by in- rentals? And you, your predator episode just dropped and you've got your new smaller fun size episodes. Of <laughs> the rental rants, the rental rants, which are great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah. From, our, okay. And from what I heard, there's a very special guest sitting in on American werewolf in London. That's not Dawn. There is <laughs> <laughs> indeed. There is. So guys, you're going to have to check out American Werewolf in London. Um, but yeah, who could I, it be? <laughs> Master of a thousand voices. Um, yeah, for for Raised by Rentals, our next episode is going to be something very interesting as we take the board game Trouble and turn it into a science fiction horror movie. Oh, God. Christ <laughs> almighty. Good luck. Oh, oh, trust me. We we actually already recorded it as of the recording of this episode right now, and um, it, it was fun. We, <laughs> we had some fun with it. Okay, that, that sounds fun as hell. Uh, <laughs> a funny, quick John Landis story. So Landis doesn't do a lot of conventions, and I happened to be at a convention um, selling that he appeared at, and. If you're selling a convention, you're on the floor before the convention opens and you're there after it closes to kind of like throw a tarp over your table so nobody steals stuff, things like that. And the convention started, uh, they had a soft open on Friday night, but it was like a Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. So we got there Friday, they're open for like two hours and then it was over. We had our table set up and it was dead quiet. So John Landis gets up and walks around and checks out what everybody's selling. He literally... Just took whatever he wanted and didn't pay for it <laughs> from everybody's table. And everybody was like, it's John Landis. What do you do? So he was like, oh, this is cool. I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. He literally just walked around and helped himself to shit and then went back to his table. <laughs> that is such a dick move. And everybody was just like, what? What do you do? And nobody did shit because it's John Landis. Like, what can you do? <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, I'm flabbergasted. I I would have been pissed. Um, so like my friend at the time that I was with had lots of like B movie skin flick types of things that I was helping him sell, and he made like no bones about it on the back of the packaging. And John Landis was just like, "I'll take this one, and I'll take this one. Thank you very much." And we were just like, "Can we have an autograph?" And he just was like, "Do do do," just kept walking. <laughs> wow. Really yeah, like. John Landis. See, now, I've had those types of experiences with celebrities at conventions, but they've always been good. Like, it's always been a celebrity, like, walking over and, like, browsing through what I have and kind of chatting. And that's always a cool experience because the, uh, like, the Buffalo Con, when, well, when it was at the Buffalo Convention Center, there's a couple of times, like, setting up beforehand before the show. And, like, random celebrities would be walking around looking at stuff. And Linnea Quigley actually did that, the the time I met her on um, I met her on Saturday and then on Sunday we got there early and we're setting up and she actually wandered over to the table and was just kind of chatting with us and then went to the next table over and was chatting with them. And it was just kind of like she was just browsing everyone's artwork and like chatting with people. And it was really cool and laid back. And then I had the same thing happen with um, I always forget their freaking names, but the guys who played Pete and Pete, <laughs> um, I wish I could remember their freaking real names, but Pete it's a, Michael something, the, the older yeah. Pete. Um, really funny story with that is uh, we were tabled at Nickel City, kind of kitty corner from where they were doing uh, signatures. And my friend Danielle is a, a huge Pete and Pete fan. And she's helping me set up the, the wire racks and everything. And dude comes walking over to our table and he's like, got some cool stuff over here. What's going on? <laughs> I was like, oh, holy crap. Hey. And Danielle did the slow turn like she slowly realized who was standing next to her. And her jaw just dropped, and she was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like she didn't know what to say. And it was amazing. But yeah, he just browsed my artwork and, you know, said good luck with the show. And that was, it was cool. <laughs> you know, but that was awesome. like bullshit. In theory, you're selling a convention, somebody the level of Linnea Quigley and up, mm-hmm. right? In our yep. nerddom, take that for whoever it is. Pete and Pete's on that level. John Landis is definitely on that level. Mm-hmm. You're not going to charge them. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, absolutely who not. They are, but there's a way you go about that. Like you take your wallet out. You're like, oh, how much is it? And you just be like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's cool. Well, that was like Tony Todd when you know when he came out. I was just like here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take like peace. you. You don't like if Warwick Davis comes to your table and it's like, oh, that's a cool minifigure. How much? You just feel like, no, your money's not good to me. You take that. <laughs> You're, you're Willow. Thank you. I was just gonna say you are Willow here. Yeah, you, but you know what I mean, like. Now. But don't just walk away. Yeah, like mine, 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 mine. Fuck you. You know, it's like hell. I remember when I met uh, Tom Atkins at Para Horror. He did the same thing where he just walked around and talked to everybody, but he was buying stuff. Like he was like he didn't really seem to buy like artwork or anything, but people who had like books and. um you know, like soft goods, like he bought a hat from one vendor and stuff like that. But he was like going to each table every time there was a lull in the crowd, because the way that that convention went is there would be uh, ghost tours throughout the convention. So like every half an hour or so, the convention floor would mostly clear for like 10, 15 minutes and then it would go back to normal. So anytime it cleared like that and there was a little lull in the crowd, he would get up and like go to a table. And he would just kind of peruse their stuff and talk to him for a bit. Then when the crowds would come back, he'd go back to his table. And he was doing that the whole weekend. 
So I was just watching him chat with everybody. He was the coolest, most laid back guy. And he was actually buying stuff and people were trying to give him things. He's like, no, no. And he was he was given the money. Yeah. So Tom Atkins is kind of unofficially everybody's grandfather. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's good people. Yeah. All right, guys. Show and tell time. Last week, I didn't get a lot. This week, I got too much. How about you guys? <laughs> I actually didn't I, get much. I didn't get a ton, but I got some good stuff. I While we were recording last week's episode, my Finster figure showed up from Power Rangers. Great figure. Cool. Like, bizarre as they get. He's some yeah. sort of, like, bone owl monster. Like, they went all out. He's super accurate. But then he's also just, like, this really, really crazy-ass, bizarre background Power Rangers character. But he comes with, like, a suitcase of little putty patrollers you can put inside of it and all of his tools to make them. Um, but just really freaking weird. Like, you're not going to pose him. He doesn't do any fighting. He's just, like, an assistant who makes mm-hmm. monsters for Rita Repulsa. So it's a little strange. I got lucky and found one of the... Uh, astronaut two packs from Fortnite on clearance. Oh, I want one of those. So if Mike, if they are not marked at clearance, still take a chance and scan them. Uh, my stores don't have them marked, but they're ringing up. Oh, Check uh, it. yeah. Um, I think if they're not on clearance now, Mike, they will be soon. Okay. Uh, the one I found it at some targets are converting. They are putting Disney stores, like a toy section that's Disney branded in the toy department. And it's shrinking the rest of the aisles. So the action figure aisle is going from like two aisles to one and a half. Oh. And there's less pig space because in theory, all the Marvel properties are going to the Marvel section. And not really because it's not merchandised properly. But mm. that means they clearing stuff out quicker because they have less space. Uh, that's where I found it. But there's the, the closest one to you is in Orchard Park. Oh, okay. I don't with today's gas prices, it ain't worth driving. Out. <laughs> uh, no, they're cool figures. But like, I would just wait. I think it's just a matter of time because nobody's buying them, uh, yeah. which is a shame because they're super cool. Um, speaking of Target, there's a 20 percent off one toy coupon on the Target Red app. So if you don't have it, download it and you get 25 or 25, 20 percent off one toy that you probably don't want. But you want it if it's 20 percent cheaper. <laughs> uh, I just finished up the Doctor Strange Marvel Legends wave. They're all kind of there. Like Marvel Legends is sort of a thankless job right now because of the price of them. But there are a bunch of movie characters, and the one of note is Sleepwalker, who is like the an early '90s like Marvel is trying to make new characters. I always thought he was cool. Yeah, and he sort I of actually want into that the background. One. He's. The toy is fun, but he doesn't have the newer style body with the butterfly shoulder joints, which oh, okay. has spoiled me. I feel like every Marvel Legends should have that now. They're yeah. getting to it, but they just kind of had like an older body laying around and they used it. Um, he's sweet looking. So is Despair. Uh, is really cool. I also got a Walmart exclusive classic standard comic book Doctor Strange who replaces the horrible long-standing toy biz marvel legends doctor strange who had a bendable cape uh that was too big for the toy so he couldn't stand because his the cape was manufactured and it was like one tenth of an inch too big 
so his feet never touch the ground properly. He just falls over. You have to like lean him backwards if you have him in your display. I took him out of it a long time ago because I was just sick of looking at him. Uh, so this is a proper like mustachioed, feathered hair. <laughs> med- like he comes with tons of accessories and like different hands, different heads. Like they went all out as an exclusive, so he's pretty sweet. Uh, and lastly, I got the newest Masters Universe stuff. I found everything at retail. Um, and I think what's going on is they're out there, but you're not really trained to look. And the case assortments are still packed with older stuff. So there's Green Trapjaw with his like wheel bike, who's still packed in with older assorted stuff. So he's only one per case. There's the 12-inch Stratos, or 10-inch, I'm sorry who was packed in with other 10-inch guys that were out in Wave 1. But Wave 2, I think, is Skeletor's new, and so is Stratos. And then they have um, a new wave that has Ram Man and uh, Manny Faces, but then it also has Orko again and P-Man. So it's like, if you see those two, you're just thinking it's old stuff, but you got to look behind the pegs to find Ram Man, um, who is pretty cool, but Manny Faces is nuts. As far as his quality goes, like his face changing feature is so fluid. There's no stress to it at all. You kind of just slightly turn it and it clicks into place. It's really, really cool. As far as a figure goes, he's got a soft goods cape. Uh, he's got all the crazy proportions that the show has on or the character has in the show. Like I have zero complaints about him uh, whatsoever. See, I had considered skipping him and then I realized he was Stephen Fry and I was like, nope, can't skip him. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Man, like you don't have to be a fan of Manny Faces to enjoy him as a toy. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, and I'm not as mad about him not having a gun anymore because he doesn't have it on the show. So, okay. Yeah, he, he just pummeled shit on the show. He's just fucking crazy. Yeah. And I love just how bonkers the character is. He has a floating, rotating spearhead. Yep. What's not to like? And he does more than every other, you know, Manny Faces has ever done. So you really can't complain. This is uh, true. And according know, to the show, he surgically altered himself for the amusement of the uh, the king. So that's kind of yeah. crazy. <laughs> He's knucking futs. Yeah. And uh, I hope we get to Mechanic and have just as much fun. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love me some Mechanic. Uh, Mike, what'd you get? I only got two things this week. I got the Studio Series uh, Transformers Brawn and uh, same line Ratchet. And I have to say that Brawn is one of the best Transformers I've gotten a long time. He's he's it, like it, there's certain transformations that I know Josh will know exactly what I'm talking about with this. There are some transformations that just feel intuitive like almost like you don't need to see the instructions you can see where the transformation is going to come from by just looking at the character and Braun is one of those figures like once you pop his back panel open you can kind of follow the steps without the instructions and everything seems like it wants to transform like it just moves so fluidly and so perfect and clips right into place and it's a cool little vehicle it's it's a fun little like weird car drill tank thingy <laughs> like it's it's a really fun toy 
Um, I know he has the the alt mode, the fan mode of toilet brawn, which I haven't done yet, but I know Josh, you have. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, but just as a figure as well, like he's a really fun robot. My only complaint, and it's it's such a minor one, is he has no elbow swivel. So with his huge gun, I keep wanting to put him in like a two handed pose. But I, I forget, like, his elbow doesn't swivel. So I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> so yeah. that's my only complaint. But overall, great freaking figure. Um, and Ratchet, in robot mode, he's freaking cool as hell. Like, he just looks like a really cool robot. Uh, vehicle mode looks cool, but it's a fiddly transformation. It's one of those transformations that's not hard. It's just like, okay, you bend this part at, like, a 90-degree angle swivel this piece, then move it back slightly, then put this part over and then move it all the way. It's like, it's a lot of that, like little fiddly steps that unfortunately I feel like the studio series lines are usually plagued with from what I, at least what I've experienced from them. Um, Like I felt that way about Ravage, like Ravage is an easy transformation, but there's one or two steps that are like, really? Like, why is it there? Like that just seems fiddly to be fiddly. Um, And Ratchet kind of feels the same to me, but it's a fun it's a really fun figure and a great looking robot. See, I would go so far personally, uh, and I own a lot of studio series figures. Mm. Um, Braun might be the strongest studio series figure outside of the 86 subline. From what I own, I would 100% agree with you um, because the, yeah, the studio series 86, I, I we do have to kind of put those in a, category all on their own because they really are amazing figures and and they were originally apparently designed to be a different line altogether so and then yeah. they just decided you know anniversary let's anniversary of the movie let's chuck them in the studio series and that works yeah but no i uh i i, I can't recommend brawn enough like even for people who aren't like big transformers collectors if you if you like cool robots He's a great buy. Like he's he's one of the most fun. Like seriously, one of the the most fun toys I've bought in months. Like I can't stop playing with this guy. I keep picking him up and transforming him back and forth. And that's the other thing. The sign of a good transformer to me is one that you can't stop changing back and forth between robot mode and alt mode. The uh, Siege Optimus Prime. I was like that with. I couldn't. I couldn't put the damn thing down. I kept picking it up and transforming it. Um, and then same thing with, with this brawn where it's just, I want to keep changing him back and forth <laughs> and sideswipe was another one. Siege sideswipe. I kept doing that with because his transformation was just so damn intuitive. So yeah. can't recommend it enough. What would I, your opinion be guys of people who buy transformers and sometimes don't transform them yeah. and just keep them <laughs> in the robot modes? Um, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I feel Look, like you have to at least transform it once, because I'll be honest, I have a few that after going through the trouble of transforming the damn thing once, I'm like, I will never transform you again, because it was just such a pain in the ass. Um, Grapple then, was going to break. And I was like, all right, fuck it. And I just put him back in. I didn't finish. I just put him back in robot mode. Oh, see, Grapple's one of those ones I've changed back and forth a few times. I'm thinking of the same one, the fire truck with the claw. Yeah. 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 Because his legs were just like, I felt like this peg was going to snap. And I was like, nah, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> see, I kind of had that feeling with um, the Rodimus, the Kingdom Rodimus Prime. Like I transformed him like once or twice, and I was like, mm, you know what? It, it it's it's not like I'm not committing this to memory, so I have to keep looking at the instructions. <laughs> and if I have to do that, I don't want to transform them back and forth repeatedly. So he pretty much stays in robot mode. Um, but Listen, then I have. I w- oh, go ahead. I won't lie. One of my favorite exercises, like brain exercises, is to pull out an old transformer that I haven't transformed in forever, and just try. Yeah. Oh, I'll do the same thing. Like I, and a lot of times I'll fail. <laughs> I recently tried to transform uh, Siege Starscream, and I haven't transformed him. God, in probably a year. And I was like, uh, wait a second. <laughs> how do how do I do this again? <laughs> so I, I, I failed miserably. I had to look at the instructions. Uh, so yeah, I, I also got Studio Series Brawn, as you might have guessed. Uh, and I can't say anything about him that Mike hasn't. He, he was awesome. Uh, but I also got, I got the Lightning Collection Cog. Uh, Cog Warrior, what is it? I, I've never yeah, actually... Yeah, he, he's the Putty Patroller from well, their version. Like, every Power Rangers season has the goons that the Power Rangers beat up. So this is from Power Rangers Zio. Uh, and... if, you, if you like well-articulated robot toys that have, like, weird creepy faces and extra heads with the face sliding open... Uh, this is just fucking awesome. Uh, he's, uh, you know, again, it's like, I feel like the lightning collection basic bodies are, are perfect. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that like in it's the, I know the, the two pack has different colors, like the pulse exclusive two pack. I think it's got a red and more of a actual silver this is kind of like the weird plastic silver where it's swirled into the plastic mm-hmm. uh, and it's almost a weird semi-translucent plastic it it looks really cool in person i really like it like it's it everything about it is just weird and wonderful um i also got Although he was broken in the package, like just directly in the package, I think uh, upon further inspection, what happened is the bubble got smashed in and then somebody popped it back out. Because once I looked, I could see like that there were creases that looked like it was crushed at one point. So Flying Fist T-Man, the, uh, the tab on his back that holds the big bolo thing mm-hmm. um, was just right in the package shattered. Uh, called, called Mattel today. Uh, I should have a new one coming in a few weeks. Whenever it gets here. Um, I was impressed that they, you know, it was, it was one of the first times I've called to complain about something and be like, Hey, it was broken in the package. They've been like, Oh sure. We've got that in stock. It was like, Wait, what, what? Wow. <laughs> You've got something in stock? Um, you know who's been... Actually, when you're finished, I have a fun customer service story. That, I just that being, yeah, that being said, I um, 
for the time being, I just used some UV resin to attempt to repair it to see if it was possible. Uh, and it's holding surprisingly well. Like, I haven't put the the weapon in it. Because really, I'm just using it to fling them back and forth. Uh, that is the noise that has been consistently in the background on, on this side. I can't stop fucking playing with them. It is the probably the most perfectly executed action feature in Origins so far. And I'm so excited for Terror Claw's Skeletor. Yeah, I need to get Terror Claw. He was one of my favorite toys as a kid. I I remember not being crazy about Flying Fist Seaman. Uh, this one works so well that I can't help but love him. Uh, I I really didn't expect to enjoy him this much. In fact, I intended on skipping him. Mm-hmm. And then it was one of those moments of like seeing him in store. And I was like, no, I really like the vac metal on him. And I skipped the Battlefield Warriors two pack. So I'll get a vac metal He-Man. Sure. Um, and then, of course, initially I was disappointed to open him up and see the the back was broken, so I almost didn't even, like, pull anything else out. And I'm so glad I did, because I haven't stopped playing with him since. I I cannot recommend him enough. If you... Uh, if you've skipped, like, doubling up on He-Man so far, this is the He-Man to, to get a, a second He-Man version of. It's it looks cool. awesome. I... You know, I I saw him it. too, and I, I picked him up for He-Man Rick, and I did not see Terror Claw's Skeletor. I don't know if he's coming later. Yeah, apparently Walmart right now is just getting solid cases of flying fists. All right. Oh, uh, okay. And that's, uh, even the shelf tag for it specifically says Deluxe FF He-Man. Yeah. So. Um, something else I picked up that I completely forgot. Um I had to something I've been doing. I've been paring down my got my Funko collection, which I probably had close to 500 Oof. as a safe estimate. Too many. They're taking up space. And I was just like, when I collect stuff, I go all in to a fault. And there's shit that like, I don't need all of the game of Thrones, all of the walking dead. Do I really need masters universe in another form factor? There's a lot of shit that I just had way too much of. So I put them up on Facebook. I took anything that I knew was valuable and sold it separately. But I was like telling people like three for 10. I just want these gone. And I found a guy in Cortland, which is like 100 miles east of us. Who was willing to buy the bulk of them. But he couldn't come get them. And I had to work sort of out there for work. So I went all the way out to Cortland, New York, which is sort of by Ithaca. It's a college town. And of course, I had to stop at their Walmart because, you know, Went in a weird town, looked for the toys. I go in there and I found, finally, I've been looking and waiting forever, clearance Boglins. Walmart got the Halloween-themed Boglin Kings of the pumpkin, the skeleton, and the clown. Mm-hmm. And I had the clown, but I picked up the pumpkin and the skeleton. They were marked down for 50% off. I got home, opened them up, and I realized that the pumpkin didn't have his tail. So I emailed the company and I got a hold of the guy who runs the show, the CEO. And he was like, yeah, I'll send you a new one. I'm on vacation as soon as I get back. So I'm going to get a new tail for my Boglin, my pumpkin Boglin. Yeah. Um, and if you have a Boglin, I know, Josh, you've opened them up. Getting the plug 
to get the tail end to come apart is almost impossible. It's insanely difficult. I don't know if you had a better luck with it than I have, uh, but it's in there really good. And I'm afraid to heat it up because of the Bogland material uh, is going to melt. So there's a hard plastic cap with two pieces. It's sort of like a security cap on like uh, anything clothes you would get at a store to keep you from stealing it. And you've got to pull it apart with your bare hands and not rip the Bogland apart. You put the tail on and then you put this cap on the inside and sort of attaches the two pieces uh, instead of old Boglins, which were just one giant rubber piece. And I was missing the tail. But um, Boglins, great customer service. Hopefully I'll actually get the replacement part. But uh, they were forthcoming and uh, got back to me in less than 24 hours, which is rare nowadays. So um, is that it for show and tell? Uh, nope. Carry on. Uh, I also got the Fortnite three and three fourth inch Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Um, this is a figure. Uh, I also got three and three fourth inch Fortnite man cake. <laughs> that one looks great. Both of these figures are <clears throat> perfect examples of why Jazzwares is my current king of three and three fourth inch figures. I can't find any reused parts on either one of them. They both have beautiful paint deco. They both come with a unique weapon. Ragnarok has translucent parts. Uh, plus, he's like all decked out in unique armor and uh he's got a belt with like a little uh like uh i can't think i the the horn the horn that the warriors used to carry that would either carry water or in some cases be an actual horn i think it's just the horn i don't know what i've never called anything else like boromir's horn but yeah it's uh he's got one of those hanging from his belt um like all of his armor pieces have paint apps. I can't believe he's a $10 figure or under $10, depending on where you buy him. Cause some places still have them for eight ninety seven. That's crazy. So some, some of these target. Uh, I actually picked, uh, I picked up Ragnarok at uh, HEB. Okay. Some of these Fortnite figures, it, it it really is astounding what they're doing for the price. And even in Mancake's case, like, he's got a completely unique uh, soft rubber poncho. Like, I can't find any of his parts that are reused from any other existing figures. He's got, like, a completely unique belt with... Uh, they are non-removable, but he does have uh, guns and holsters on his hips. But just like just the amount of unique parts and paint apps on these two figures alone, they might be some of some of my favorites. Mancake is weird. He's really weird. Uh, I know I sent you guys a picture of it, like of him mm-hmm. 
with uh, Cad Bane and Embo and one of the other Fortnite cowboys. And it just works. Like, I don't know why Weird Pancake Head Cowboy works. He he is one that if I see, I probably will grab. Because I haven't really been paying too close attention to the new 3 and 3 fourth inch Fortnite figures in stores. Just because I got so used to there not being new ones on the pegs at my stores. Um, but I did just notice the other day that Walmart has all the... Uh, shouldn't say all the new ones, but they have the new packaging and they have like a handful of new figures. So I was like, oh, I got to start paying closer attention now. But yeah. that one I will grab because that looks just hilarious. I mean, I never I never thought I would be excited about a, a weird cowboy figure with a stack of pancakes for a head. It's but, food fighters done right. But he he's amazing. Uh. And he looks weirdly intimidating until you notice that his head's pancakes. <laughs> As uh, you're saying this now, Josh, I'm checking to see if he's available on target.com. He's not, but I have seen him in stores. If you've got that coupon, uh, another fun man cake ditty. If you look on the back of the packaging of some of the newer, what's the scale, the tiny scale. Oh, um, legend, legendary micro. He's going to be a legendary micro. Oh God. Oh. Yeah. So man cake can go anywhere with you. You can have him in your pocket at all times. <laughs> just throwing it out there. I got a man cake in my pocket. That just sounds really disturbing. Yeah. If you thought, you, if you, thought you were masculine before, wait till you have a man cake in your pocket. <laughs> That's not the only place it's going to be. Oh. I'm going to leave that to the listener's imagination. Josh is going to put his man cake where you don't want it. Or do you? You do. Innuendo. Um, <laughs> so, guys. The yeah. Muppets episode was a huge success. We had tens of elevens of downloads. People... <laughs> Loved it. Ranting and raving. They love it when we kind of have these special episodes once in a while. Um, but you know who didn't love it? Because we didn't ask them. We kind of just went ahead and did it. The Muppets. Yeah. You know, I, I do need to, to chime in really quickly just to say that uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was there was a huge bit of Muppets news today. Oh, really? Uh, and this not. is this is 100% true. Uh, a new Disney Plus Muppet series was announced. Uh, created and executive produced by Adam F. Goldberg. Chronicling the Electric Mayhem recording their first album. Oh, God, I need that. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, it's a collaboration between original Muppet performer Bill Beretta and Adam F. Goldberg as the lead writers. So I think we can assume that it's in pretty safe hands. I'll take that it. Sounds fantastic. Um, Anything that gives Maurice a chance to kind of get out there and show us his drumming skills. Um, I'm <laughs> all for it. 
so yeah, so that's that's probably why they were a little unhappy with some of the clips going, you know, viral to the tens and elevens. Well, look, we didn't have anything bad to say about Electric Mayhem. We had some bad stuff to say about other Muppets and some some of these guys have fragile egos and they were a little upset uh, that they were left out of the discussions as well. But um, the first one, as you can expect, was Miss Piggy. And she sent us a very terse, angry voicemail. She called one nine hundred count creepy head. Um, also, if you're listening and you're like, I don't want to join Facebook. How do I get a hold of these guys? Count creepy with a K. Uh, it'll give you like the link tree to all of our contacts. Um, and whatever you some creepy head. That's right. But uh, Miss Piggy, gotta love her, uh, sent us an angry voice message. So, in lieu of commercials this week, sit back, check it out, and we'll be back with the news. Is this thing on? Hello, wonderful creepy heads. It is I the most beautiful woman on the planet and i couldn't help but notice that i was left out of the discussion now i just wanted you to know that you fucks need to start giving me my proper due otherwise there's gonna be a few dead frogs showing up at your studio and i'm gonna kill all of you while you sleep you motherfuckers Excuse me. I mean, I'll have to send you a very upset letter. It will be from my personal assistant and won't contain anything dead at all, as per my lawyer's recommendation. So don't make me fuck you. Understand? You know. She's just proving my point. She is a giant <laughs> egomaniacal bitch. Yeah. You know? Pretty much. Yeah, that seems Piggy. right on par for Piggy. She's yeah. the kind of person that complains that they're out of crab legs, crab legs at the buffet and demands to speak to the manager. <laughs> After went, having finished the crab's legs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I went to <laughs> I went to the Rochester Museum and Signers, blah, blah. The Rochester Museum and Science Center yesterday because they have a dinosaurs on tour display. And they have one of those, like, put a penny in and roll it through the grinder and will, like, flatten it out and put a stamp on it. One of those machines. Mm. This guy needed some change because he was mad that it was 50 cents. He didn't realize it was 51 cents because he had to supply your own penny. So he goes to the customer service desk, gets... Uh, he gives him some change and he's like, I need a penny. So they give him two dimes, five pennies. He loses his shit because they won't give him 25 pennies. It makes a scene in front of everybody and has this like Karen Kevin moment of he can't get his way (laughs) over (laughs) fucking pennies for the stupid penny roller thing. Like he needed to get 25 flattened pennies with a dinosaur on him. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it it was ridiculous. But I hate people. Yeah, I, I hate them too. Yeah. Uh, all right, 
You guys ready for the news? Oh, yeah. Uh, not only am I ready for the news, I think I might have some late breaking news. I hope you do, because we don't have a ton. Uh, late breaking news that just popped up. Super 7 has a new Godzilla that's coming out that's based on a Japanese uh, Super 7 Godzilla. I think I have some later breaking news. Uh, Josh, what's your later breaking news? Uh, more trick or treat. And these are the first two that I'm like, okay, those look pretty good. And they right, have articulation. On. I want to see this with my own two eyes as just sent it to you. Anakin Skywalker. Oh, shit. Look at that. Oh, my God. Mike, did you get that? Oh, I just got it. Oh, those, yeah. those look good. Oh, boy. That'll happen. That's where, I, where I, did you I, find I, that news, Josh? Uh, the Twitters. Uh, what scale uh, are it, those? Oh, it came from uh, Bloody Disgusting. They are three and three fourths. Bloody Disgusting got the exclusive drop info. Oh my god! Okay, we'll we'll get right to it. Malachi, oh, Outlander. <laughs> um. <laughs> You gotta do it like you have a mouthful of soup. Okay, so waiting till the very end of Toy Fair was Trick or Treat Studios, who uh, you guys may know they did the really cool five-inch scale House of a Thousand Corpses uh, line that they've started with Captain Spaulding being the first one. They've done some really cool like busts. I got the zombie bust from them. And they've dipped their toes into the one skip, the one six scale figures, which is a twelve inch sideshow doll style. But they revealed they're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, and just today, they just showed off. They're doing reaction style Children of the Corn with Isaac and Malachi. And uh, who is Courtney Gaines? Malachi. Uh, yes. Yes, Malachi's screaming. Outlander! Um, and that's not the last we're going to see of Courtney Gaines because Trick or Treat Studios is doing a line of action figures. They're kind of picking up the pieces that NECA doesn't want to do. They've got Motel Hell, a movie called Candy Corn, which they must have some sort of financial investment in. They're trying to make it a thing. I don't think it warrants its own action figure, but the killer is sort of a dark night of the scarecrow, mentally dim guy who dies and comes back from the dead as a golem with a Halloween mask on. And it's a pretty by the numbers horror movie, but they have two characters. One's played by PJ souls. The other is played by an older, fatter Courtney Gaines. Uh, I saw him in the mid two thousands, like 2000, five or six and he didn't look as rough as he did in this but i mean 15 years had been between when i'd seen him um halloween killer clowns from outer space and the three clowns they have are shorty slim and jumbo shorty has had a figure already from amok time toys their monsters line and it looks a lot better the other two have had no figures so you have nothing to compare against unless you're counting the migos which i wouldn't uh, they have Candyman, looks nothing like Tony Todd. It's just some dude with a fur coat and a hook for a hand. Um, of the scale, they're 8-inch scaled figures, or not 7-inch? 
for some reason, these ones that I'm telling you now, uh, they're also doing Pumpkinhead. He looks the best of the bunch, I think. Yeah. Um, that and Farmer Vincent, because you don't have to see his face. He's just got a pig head and a chainsaw. See, my problem with these are they're they're statues. These yeah. are not these are not action figures. You get uh, head it, and shoulders, maybe a waist. Yeah, like in unless these are meant to be picked up and played with, these aren't action figures. Like they're they're statues. They they don't have articulation. The children of the corn ones are action figures. Yeah. Which is why I'm excited about them. But come on, Trick or Treat Studios. You know what action figures are. If you're going to call something an action figure, do better. Um, I'll be getting some of these in my quest to have all of the killer clowns. I'm looking at them now. They've got shoulder articulation and neck articulation. Uh, and it looks like, again, wrist. It's enough. I don't need below-the-waist articulation because these guys go on a shelf and stay on a shelf. And I don't need them falling over because ankle joints and things like that. They gave Pumpkinhead his cock and balls, which is always left off the any kind of representation of Pumpkinhead. Uh, so that's nice. Michael Myers looks like shit. I don't know why they would release Michael Myers. Considering you can also get a far superior one, probably for cheaper, from NECA at any target I, i'm kind of confused other than like they're huge fans of michael myers and they need like this is the one where his collars popped i don't get it <laughs> like and then you've got candy cord again which is like i don't think it has a cult following or anything it just exists so that seems like a mistake and a waste of money f- to me um and then farmer vincent it's farmer vincent i i kind of have to get it um i hope these scale close enough like I don't think the killer clowns are going to make a difference in any display because they're crazy looking characters, but um, I think it'll be pretty noticeable the size difference with like a Michael Myers or a Candyman, um, which it doesn't look like Candyman's coat opens or anything. So I don't know if I need it. Um, really, what's going to like make or break this is the price point. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, my limit would be like $40 on any of these. Um they're also redoing Toxic Crusaders um, based on Josh, who's the artist? Uh, the studio. Oh, uh, Varner, uh, Varner yeah. Studios. Based on the Werner Studios designs. So these look incredibly similar to the Playmates figures, but with less articulation and at a different scale. And they only showed off Toxie. So you have to ask yourself, do I want to get this new one with pretty limited articulation or for the same price or less, do I just go on eBay and go back and get the Playmates one? Or just, you know, track down one of the Super 7 Ultimates. Right. Yeah, which is also super cool. Um, I hope they make some of the guys that didn't get made. Then I'm going to get excited and get into these, but like, I don't need another Toxie at all um do you guys hear that noise in the background no i did not okay my wife's printer just got possessed by the devil uh (laughs) okay they also showed off a one six scale tar man yes (laughs) who looks awesome 
but upon closer inspection is a little wonky. Mike, what do you think of him? Oh, I, I think that as long as he's not like $150, I think he'll be living at my house. Um, he's, I, I love Tarman. He's my favorite monster. And yeah, the, the strips of fabric that are supposed to be like the fleshy bits hanging off of his arms do look like, they look like fringe on like a bad disco jacket. Um, but it's, it's good enough. Like I like it enough. Um, if he's super expensive, it ain't going to happen. I have the Amok Time Toys one. And then, you know, Pikmin's made my, my, childhood dreams come true by giving me a three and three fourth inch one. So that'll, that'll do for me. Um, if I can get this one for a decent price, it'll definitely be living at my house. Um, if they make me choose because of the price, I'm getting the accessory set, which is the split dog and the canister of trioxin. Yeah. Um, I have to get that, but I don't feel like, like they're, if they're, over the hundred dollar price point by too much, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think I honestly think for the for the twelve inch figure, I think like seventy nine would be my that would be my cap. If it's yeah. for for the quality that it is, more than eighty dollars, I don't know that I could justify. Um, and then same thing with the accessory pack, more than eighty bucks, like I don't know that I could do that. It's. You know, the accessory pack has, like, an eyes-opening feature for the barrel trioxin. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. But it's it's an awesome display piece. But... Yeah, they just they haven't announced prices yet. And that's really going to be, like, what makes or breaks this. Because they're not amazing. These are sort of, like, budget offerings. Um, yeah. Late-breaking news today. All surrounding the Holothon and new Ninja Turtles that are coming out from NECA. So you have the animated Neutrinos 3-pack, which is surprisingly priced at $74.99. Tons of accessories uh, and kind of leads further into the conspiracy theories about pricing for toys as of late. And Usagi Yojimbo, $34.99, which again, Hasbro would charge you $100 for this figure. So I'm confused as to what's going on. Yeah, I get that gas is super expensive right now, but the economics of it for price increases don't add up to me. I think they're getting away with it because they can. And I think NECA realizes they make these too expensive. They aren't going to move. I think maybe Usagi is a little more popular than Neutrinos, but like people are at the point now where they're like, I don't need all these. Yep. And I think, uh, you know, whoever you want to, give credit to it, NECA, Randy, whoever realizes that. So, uh, good on them. Also coming from trick or treat studios, one six scale Dracula and Frankenstein, both Christopher Lee's likeness. They look okay. I don't think I'm going to be getting these. Uh, I'll wait for a seven inch figure or eight inch, whatever. Again, I feel like these are going to be like a little premium price and that they don't look good enough for me to jump on them. I'm not a big one six scale collector of anything. I got into the sideshow Jason's and the Freddy's, mm-hmm. but they've all been made by NECA for the oh, most part. So, you know, speaking of monsters, I meant to mention, I finally did see some of the uh, Jada Toys Universal Monsters in person. Where? Uh, it was at a, a local independent toy shop. Okay. Uh, they were, they were very reasonably priced. Uh, they were 25 a pop. 
Not bad. Uh, they look really nice in person. It was hard to pass them up. Uh, they did not have Gilman. If they had had Creature from the Black Lagoon, I would have, you know, I would have been telling you guys about him. But they look nice. Uh, I was surprised at how nice they looked. Now, I can't speak to their quality, but they look nice. Okay. I want them, but I want to see them at retail. Um, And they just teased a Wolfman. I'm excited. Uh, Wrapping up the reveals from Trick or Treat, they're doing three leather faces, part one, part two, part three, in the one-six scale. They look okay. Not great. Um, Not bad either. Sideshow did the... Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's remake Leatherface. Part two Leatherface. Part three Leatherface. Uh, Sideshow did the remake Leatherface. It looked a lot better. Um, Part two Leatherface sort of looks like a blown up neck amigo. Same thing for part three Leatherface, in my opinion. So uh, it's up to you. If you're a big Leatherface person, I'd say they're worth it. Uh, one six scale Dr. Loomis. This is probably the best looking bunch of stuff that they showed off. But like, again, Donald Pleasance is getting a lot of merchandise lately. So it's up to you if you want it. For whatever reason, they got it in their brain that we need a Halloween resurrection Michael Myers. I don't know why anybody would want that, but they're making a 12 inch <laughs> figure of it. And Halloween HTO, H2O, which again, I, I think is a pretty crappy look for the mask. Um, just my opinion. I'm not a huge Halloween mark, so I don't think my my opinion on any of this has a ton of weight, but take it for what it is. Uh, we've got, if you're a Marvel Legends collector and you can't find the new exclusives at your store, go to Walgreens.com and find the new Marvel Legends binary figure for retail and just get it shipped to store nice and cheap. And we have now the next wave of Super 7 Ultimates Ninja Turtles. You get Punker Donatello, Robo Bebop, Metal Michelangelo, who I believe was a later release repaint of Metalhead. So he's like a legitimate thing, but it's just Metalhead repainted in metallic paint. I don't know why they can't do this for the Silverhawks. As Michelangelo, he's got like two new heads and some nunchucks. The Triceraton, which looks really cool. And the concept art, Guerrera Gorilla. Not to be confused with Sergeant Bananas. And he is like a bigger size deluxe figure from the wave. And again, now, with the confusing price points, these are all reasonably priced. There's no huge price increases. Now, I, I've got to point out something interesting. Please. Uh, and this is something that a lot of other people have pointed out, too. Technically speaking. There's a couple of things at play here. One, the original concept art for Sergeant Bananas was named Gorilla Gorilla. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then the uh, a few of the Ninja Turtle comics ran with that. I yep. mispronounced his name. I'm sorry. It is Gorilla Gorilla. Uh, however, if you look at the original Sergeant Bananas toy, his dog tag reads G Gorilla. So technically, Sergeant Bananas is Gorilla Gorilla. Mm-hmm. So while this may not be a direct adaptation of the classic Playmates toy, technically speaking, it's Sergeant Bananas. I think he looks cooler than Sergeant Bananas. I I think they could actually make Sergeant Bananas 
as well, like down the line using that, like using that body as a buck and uh, have both Gorilla Gorilla and Sergeant Bananas and just basically have them be like two militant gorillas. Like, I think it works. Apparently people are very pissed about it. Oh, then don't buy it. Yeah, I would say fan, fanboys are always pissed about something. Uh, they're they're pissed about the fact that it isn't straight up Sergeant Bananas. Uh, they're pissed about the fact that it's more expensive than the rest because it's significantly larger. Uh, it's freaking they're, huge. They're pissed about the fact that most of this line or most of this wave is not a direct update of the vintage Playmates sculpt. Good. And personally speaking, even though they're not characters <clears throat> that I'm personally into enough to pay the price points, I think there's one of the most exciting announcements that they've done for the line so far because they're not exact rehashes of the figures that I once owned. Mm-hmm. What, so the Triceraton is pretty close. He's got some yeah. new accessories. He can't complain. He, but yeah. like even certain certain details definitely look there, but reimagined. Yeah, I mean like Robo Bebop, I get it, but they made him better. Yeah, yeah. So shut up. I mean, they really went all out and gave you tons of awesome stuff. He's got a new gauntlet for Christ's sakes. I mean, like changeable parts. I don't want to hear it. Punker Don, what what the hell? They made yeah. they gave him more punk heads. Like, I what's love wrong it. with that? And personally, them going this direction makes me even more excited to see certain other characters that they haven't gotten to yet, like Trag and Rat King and mm-hmm. Worm. Yes. Oh my God, I can't wait for Rat King. Yeah, same. I. Oh. Yeah, like just stop complaining. I don't want to hear it. Try Triceraton's probably going to happen for me because. That was one of my favorite turtle toys as a kid. And uh, I mean, how can you go wrong with a giant like anthropomorphic dinosaur with guns? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, he, yeah. he looks like cool. the winner of the group for me, too. Yeah. And he's like the anchor. in this. <clears throat> like, they really went all out like just the skin texture alone is yeah. beautiful, beautiful toy. I won't um, lie. Seeing this wave look like this almost makes me disappointed that they have so many waves slavishly copying the vintage toys now. Yeah. Because I would love to see their tweaked renditions of Muckman and Mutagen Man and Krang. Well, they get to come back to it now. I mean, they got to like keep the cool characters in there and spread these lines out. Or you're going to get to the end and you're just going to have four boring characters that nobody wanted. You're going to have, like, Toon Turtles Irma. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to get, like, slim picking. So you really got to spread it out or, like, the lineups get weak and people stop buying unless they're completists. So I hope they can keep this going and Playmates doesn't kind of pull the plug prematurely because they've got something new coming out and they don't want other toys out there, there is which only, happens. There is only one fucking version of Irma that I want to own, and it is Gilbert Godfrey damn right i was man i was mad not mad but mad because i actually liked the character because she was a horror movie nerd when she turned out to be gilbert godfrey but then i was always like well you know if she's gonna turn at anybody 
I'll take Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> um, lastly, you've got McFarland is doing an Entertainment Earth weird glow-in-the-dark repainting of Batman Beyond. Looks cool. I'd pick it up if I saw it at retail. I'm not going to pay Entertainment Earth to ship it to me. Uh, and I will round up this whole thing with talk about Holothon, which is going to be an end cap at Target's. If you go on the internets, you can kind of see pictures of what it's going to look like. Uh, the only new stuff on there really is a glow-in-the-dark Muckman and Joe Eyeball from the Ninja Turtles and the Black and White Wolfman. Josh, am I missing anything? There's a four-pack uh, of the Turtles. The four-pack of the Turtles is new. They are uh, they're all specifically decoed to match the Ninja Turtles style guides. Okay. So they're all the the colors that you most commonly see in print. Um and at least at least personally speaking, I have not seen the Pizza Monster at retail. I think that's the first time. I haven't either. And I don't think I want it. And I don't think I want Glow Dark Muckman. I want the Pizza Monster. Um and you know, I I do still want the um, Mutagen Man Ace Duck Pack, but I have not seen that at retail yet. I mean, I will say the the Pizza Monster is one of the more impressive entries into the Toon Turtles line. Um, it it reminded me it was, it was very much like the the Chrome Dome figure, <clears throat> where it was like a you know a bigger figure that was a little more. I guess well articulated and didn't feel as fragile. Um, unlike uh, Chrome Dome, like he didn't have really any accessories to like try to gingerly put in his hands that felt like they were going to break. So you don't get that like cheap NECA plastic. But yeah, I mean, I had no problem posing him around and and you know setting him up. So I, I really liked the uh, the Pizza Monster. Um, what do you guys think about the Glow in the Dark? Muckman Joe Abel. Worth getting? I mean, they're cool, but not not worth getting for me. Yeah, I don't think so either. If if I hadn't gotten the regular one, like if they had announced this before, and it was a choice of which one to get, I would have gone with the glow-in-the-dark hands down. Yeah. But, yeah, now that I have the regular one, and he was the first one to really just be like, yeah, I'm done with this line. I'm yep. I'm done trying to like go all in on this line at all. Yeah. Um so even more so it's just like yeah, I don't I don't need to buy another one of him. I, the one I bought of him broke upon opening. No thanks, NECA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take that garbage back to the garbage store place. That sounds stupid. <laughs> Um, Back to the garbage store. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, we got more angry voicemails. Would you like to hear them? Oh, yes. So there's a Muppet we completely forgot who is in a lot of episodes, but didn't do a lot because he was a sleepier Muppet. But he's in that opening segment with the curtain that comes up and all the Muppets are singing and dancing. You kind of have to, like, if you had to be sorry, pause it and look at all the Muppets. Uh, it's the walrus. You guys remember the walrus? It was in some of the sketches with the penguins and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
His name is Wolford, and he's pissed off that we didn't mention diabetes. So if you guys just want to sit back, listen to his angry rant, maybe his sugar was crashing or something, but uh, we'll be right back. Hello, this is Wolford the Walrus. I just wanted to call him. Let you know that I need to talk to you about diabetes because you didn't mention diabetes at all during your show. And I need to tell you about a program that can help you live a better life. Now, Penguin Life Insurance will deliver all the diabetes medication you need directly to your door once a month. At no cost to you. All you got to do. Is get on your computer box. I have a diabetic crash. Don't try and kick your dog around. Don't try and eat your wife. Just go on to. PenguinDiabetesLifeInsurance.com On the interwebs. Fill out the form. They can help you live a better life. Oh, dear God, I want some ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you have something in your mouth? I stuffed stuffed my cheeks full of marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) In in my head, I was like, it sounds like he's trying to speak around tusks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I just stuffed stuffed my cheeks full of marshmallows. I was like, yeah, that'll work for this. That'll work. (laughs) Oh, my God, that was great. (laughs) I don't know why I thought it. In my head, I was just instantly like, yeah, Penguin Life Insurance. That's funny. <laughs> uh, oh, damn. I'm all right now. You can let me out. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, a couple of rants before we get on to our, our Star Wars topic. I have decided that in lieu of buying a lot of newer stuff and just hoarding things as I like to do, I'm going to go back and finish some lines that I haven't collect. Like I haven't finished a collection of, like I've got holes in certain things like my aliens collection and my predator collection is pretty damn complete. I don't have prototypes. Like I'm not that crazy about it, but I don't have any of the foreign exclusive characters. I've got their repaints. So they made like Vezquez in red with like with a red shirt and she was like in a UK and Ireland exclusive. Uh all those characters are in those KB2 packs if you guys can picture those. Mm-hmm. Um stuff like that. I'm missing like eight monsters in my pockets where I'd feel like I have a complete set. So they had a series 3 which was exclusive to Bob's Big Boy restaurant and Shreddy cereal in Canada. Uh the thing, the difference being, if you got them in America, the plastic was hard. It wasn't squishy monsters in my pocket plastic. plastic. And if you got them in Canada, it was the rubber, the squishy rubber. Uh, so each one goes for about 150 bucks. And there's one called Bellame. And I'm probably mispronouncing it. That was exclusive to the NES Monsters in My Pocket video game that came out 
after Super Nintendo came out. So the game is rare and hard to find to begin with because everybody moved down to another system and nobody saved the pack and monster that goes with it. Um, so it's just like a waiting game of if I want to complete monsters in my pocket, I want to get that hard one out of the way first. So if I have money saved up and I go to do other stuff, if that pops up, I'm not going to have the cash to get it. If that makes sense. So I'm just sitting and waiting for something to pop up on eBay. The only thing that has it right now is a graded and slabbed mint sealed monster in my pocket video game with the figure in there, supposedly. And it's like $8,000. Like, no, I don't give a shit about the game. I just want the little monster in my pocket figure. Yeah. That comes with it. I'll take the game if it's there for a display piece, but like, I'm not paying extra. Um, and the rest are just a handful of these guys are in cereal boxes just in Canada and nobody knew about it until the internet and people started to talk to each other. Um, it stinks. It's that. Um, the Kenner Aliens Predator stuff. And I want to complete the gorillas from the Congo movie line from Kenner. Which <laughs> I know it's stupid. I always picked them up as because they're like three for five at KB. And they were just monsters that I played with. And I always they're always coming and going out of my collection. And I really want to just get there was a mail order one, there was a deluxe one, and there's one that came with a vehicle that I don't have. And it's like it'd be easy enough to go get it, but then I feel like I'm taking my attention off of Monster in My Pocket or Aliens. It's me being a crazy person. I'm thinking about putting a poll up on the uh, Facebook page to see what I should complete and see people's opinions. What do you guys think? I think that'd be a fun way to go about it. Yeah. What's your opinion on what I should do? Like you personally. Uh, (laughs) That's a a really tough one. I would probably go Congo just because it's so weird. Like it's just kind of off the beaten path. You don't hear people talking about collecting the Congo line. (laughs) No, it's, it's something like I had and loved the Waterworld toys. Because mm-hmm. I got them all at KB. I had a few of those too. They were fun as hell. They were like surprisingly good. What's that, Mike? I didn't have any of those. They were literally just basic Kenner. It was like a bunch of Kevin Costner's, that blonde guy, and uh, Dennis Hooper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Sorry, I was confusing with Toby Hooper and Dennis Hopper. And the guy with the beard, the good guy with the beard. And you get like his boat. But, like, if you're the right place at the right time for $20 at a KB Toys back in the day, you could get the whole damn line. Nice. Um, so there's yet there's all right, so, yeah, like three or four things from Congo. I'd want to get two vehicles from the Canada Alien Kenner Canada Kenner Aliens and Predator stuff. So I have I'm missing one Marine vehicle and I don't have a nice Predator Blade Fighter. Um, I've got the NECA one, but I, the old one I have is beat up, so I'd like to get one like in package, which, again, is cheap. It's nothing crazy. And that would, because you guys have seen I have a lot of mint on card stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't need both. But, oh, and also I'd like to get one carded, boxed, mail-away, clear Predator. The hard thing to get here would be Vezquez, which is like $150. Bucks. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I'm looking right now, there's... The only one you can get for $350, you get the Monster in My Pocket game 
without the figure. And let me check sold listings. I don't think there's been any in like the last six months. This is one of those things that you have to go to specific monster in my pocket dealers to find people that have it. Um, eBay sold listings. More thrilling podcasting from Count Creepheads Saturday Morning Monster Mass. Uh, Three fifty on average. That's the last one it went for in the end of February. Mm-hmm. And that was the blue color variety. If you want it in pink, it was four hundred and eleven dollars. Ooh. Um. Yeah. I would probably go for the alien and predator stuff personally. Yeah, I'm torn. You know. Um, See, I think the alien and predator stuff is definitely cooler. Um. But just as a weird talking point, like be like, ah, I got all the monkeys from Congo. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just kind of funny. Um, and I also feel like if I'm going to get Vezquez, I want her in package. Like, I can get her loose, but I can also get her carded and get her in, like, a protector. Yeah. And just kind of keep it as, a, like, a nice display piece. Because she's definitely, outside of, like, some prototypes of Predators that got out there and some aliens, she's the rarest, hardest to find. Mm. Um, Listen, I just need to know one thing about her. Where she is. <laughs> that's an alien joke that blew right over my head josh oh uh, that's that's totally vasquez i just need to know one thing oh right, right, right. where they are yep yeah there's also wait i'd have to get hudson too he was part of the uh exclusive son of a bitch it's a daunting task i think the <sighs> The most expensive would definitely be the monster in my pocket. The second most expensive is the Kenner aliens and predator stuff. Um, like I'm taking that money I'm making from selling Funkos, setting it aside and thinking of like, all right, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z figures. Eventually I haven't bought anything yet. I'm just sort of sitting on the money and waiting. Um, anyways. Yeah. I think I'll put that up as a poll on Facebook to see if anybody has an opinion uh, something else that I'm going to bring up that I didn't list in the notes. I have been making mini VHS tapes that I sent you guys some pictures of. Yes. Um, my initial idea was like, I'm going to sell these, but they're too involved for me to like sell them at a price where people buy them compared to the work that I put in to make them. I'm just yeah. making them for myself. If you guys want anything, just tell me. I'll take care of you. Not a problem, but I'm not going to like, I can't picture going to a convention and filling a table with, magnetic mini vcr tapes vhs tapes and people being like i'll pay five dollars for the corpse grinders because they had a cool (laughs) vhs cover or life force or whatever so it's just like i like this vhs cover i'm gonna make it into a magnet and just put it in my basement literally that's all and i just pictured like how awesome to me it would be to have these as like some sort of blind box you don't know what you're gonna get there's like 48 total well, you oh, get I the would, rare UK version of Night of Living Dead, whatever. You know what I mean? I would jump all over that. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's something that, like, I could only maybe sell at a convention. Yeah. And even then, I feel, I feel like people would just be like, I don't know if I want to spend the money. You know, so it's like, all right, I got it. I, that's fine. Uh, considering it takes me, like, seven to eight hours to make one, it's just too much work. Yeah, to make five dollars. 
a, fr- a friend of mine makes those as well. And um, I, I bought a few of them from her uh, at the last time I went to Terrors. And, and they're they're just fun. Like the mini VHS tapes are just they're a fun magnet. It's very, you know, cool to, to have hanging on your fridge. Like I have um, I got killer clowns from outer space. Return of the Living Dead 2 because she didn't have part one. They sold out. And uh, plus, I've always loved the poster art for part two. Um, yeah, it's an amazing poster art. It really is. And um, I, f- I forget the other ones I grabbed. Oh, Tourist Trap. And oh, now I'm going to forget. But I know I grabbed uh, Jaws for my wife. And that was cool because it's like the white VHS box. And, uh, you know, with the, the Jaws wraparound. And so we got those hanging on our fridge. And it's just kind of cool every time I walk by. <laughs> Walk by the kitchen, I'm like, hey, killer clowns. Yeah, so tourist trap. Here's a problem that if you don't have the VHS tape yourself to tear apart and scan mm-hmm. like a book, like a cover, that's how you kind of have to make it, at least for me, because I don't have the 3D file that your friend has. Yeah. I don't expect her to give it to me because that's like her top secret thing. Um, I had to find my own VHS file that I then have to like it prints in two pieces. I have to glue it together. They take a long time to print for some reason, but then I have perfectly sized VHS covers that I print on photo paper cut out after I've buried magnets inside these VHS tapes, I glue the covers to them. But what I was going to say is that like, oh, you're picturing this VHS cover, but you Google search an image for it and it's gone. It's just not on the Internet. Yeah. Or it's not in a file that you can edit. Um, Here's some of the ones that I found, but these aren't all necessarily the traditional covers that you can think of seeing in the video store when you're a kid because these might be like the uk versions of the covers because that's all that i have available and i'm not going to tear up my personal collection but this isn't everything i have this is just the ones that i did over the weekend to at some point make my own videos for but i did ghoulies the first one mm-hmm. with the little frog ghoulie coming out of the toilet which i think is like a classic vhs cover the movie's not that great but the cover's amazing Gotta have sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama. The Media Texas Chainsaw VHS cover, which is the women's um, Sally's eyes with Leatherface running in front of it. Yeah. Very 80s style box. A UK basket case, which is like this one's clearly from like the late 90s. This isn't the first basket case cover where it's the basket creeping open. This has Dwayne holding Belial. Uh, Classic City of Living Dead, The Corpse Grinders, which is just a crazy looking cover. Death Ship which is just like the ship coming out of the fog with the skull face on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, House by the Cemetery. My Bloody Valentine, which I think is another like iconic cover. Scream and Scream Again, which is a Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing joint. Yep. And the cover has a woman melting in a tub of, vas- of acid, Yep. which I always thought was cool. April Fool's Day, which is another, like I just love the way it looks with the noose ponytail. Toxic Avenger 1 and 2 and 3. The OG media nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy's claw going over Nancy's face. Mm-hmm. Got that burial ground. Of Got course. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, classic Evil Dead 2 with the skull with the eyes. Yep. Hellraiser, the blue box. This one, this I just picked the first one I found, but there's got to be 100 different covers. Not Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Return of Living Dead. Friday the 13th, Final Chapter. Halloween. Monster Squad. I couldn't find a good American Monster Squad, so I have the Japanese Monster Squad cover, which it's the same as Monster Squad, but it's got the kanji underneath the American lettering. But mm. it's Monster Squad. 
some new uh, homemade video artwork for Good Guy Dolls, The Incredible Jason, which is from the Fright Rags artwork, the t-shirt where he's like hawking. Yeah. Um, I did Night of the Creeps, Garswell Kids and Movies, Maniac, and Zombie. Nice. Which in my mind, it's like, oh, which one will I get when I open up this stupid overpriced thing at Media Play? Like, oh, I got Seal Living Dead. Ha ha, cool. You know what I mean? Right. I got to buy more because I really wanted Sorority Babes or Death Ship, whatever. So I just have fun with it in my mind. Planning lineups for things because that's our next segment. A new segment where we plan a lineup for a toy line. And I thought this would be the perfect time for us like, to put our money where our mouth is and what we would do mm-hmm. to fix the Star Wars retail line, which has sucked. We all agree that they have put zero effort into the kids line for a long, long time. Uh, Josh, because you've been the most vocal, I'm going to let you end things. Is that cool? Okay. Um, and I think we could all agree that these would probably be in the style of Fortnite. Right? You're talking just three and three-fourth inch, right? Yes. Yeah. That aesthetic of, like, it doesn't matter what the company is, but if we could give it to Jazzwares, not Jazzwares, fuck. Who does yeah, Fortnite? it is Jazzwares. Jazzwares, we would yeah. let them because we love the way their figures are. Um. Right. Mike, would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first? Uh, it's up to you. I, I have a, actually a pretty comprehensive list of stuff. So, <laughs> Me too. So the game was this. I gave us homework, and I said, okay, we're going to plan two waves of Star Wars figures. Each wave has four figures, a deluxe something, a vehicle, a beast, whatever. And we're going to we're going to do two assortments because you really can't judge anything on just one assortment. Most retail lines have one after the other pretty quick succession. They sort of blend together in one big assortment. And on top of that, these have to have some sort of selling gimmick. Do they glow in the dark? Do they vibrate when you put them in your butt? Whatever. Um, and this because one, this is something we all do secretly. And two, I love doing stuff like this. It helps me sleep. Um, yep. I guess I'll go first. Mike, you want to go second? Is that cool? Sure. So I'm going to start off with, yes, these are just picture Fortnite style. They're not super articulated, but they're articulated enough where you're going to have a lot of fun with them. And these are all under $10 for a price point for the figures. Uh, Vehicles are still affordable. Where if you're a mom and you want to get a gift for Junior, they're not going to break the bank. Again, like Fortnite, which has no problem keeping things at a nice price point. There's no reason that Star Wars can't be like that. Um, The gimmick for my line on the bubble of these figures is a scratch-off feature that gives you a code that you can go onto a website and it gives you a point system. Sort of like a lotto ticket. Maybe uh, you got one point, maybe you get three points, maybe you get five points. And it's a virtual currency that you can use to get free stuff from the new Hasbro Star Wars store. Do you want to get stickers to put on your vehicles? Do you want to get extra weapons to give to your guys? Or do you want to get the exclusive figure? So sort of like a proof of purchase system, 
But because it's a scratch off code, if somebody buys it, it takes that code and they try to return it to the store, it's going to show crystal clear that it's been used. And it's going to say right on there, do not return. This item has been used. So you're not going to run into people who open it up, take the cool thing out and put it back in the store. It's right on the bubble. You can't hide it. That's my plan. Um, the exclusive figure. And yeah, this is sort of a cheap way of me sneaking an extra figure in here. But I think we're all going to be doing that. Um, is classic before the special trilogy. Anakin Skywalker as uh old man Anakin, who was an original Power of the Force figure who's never gotten anything again. It's always been the newer style Anakin as a ghost. Did they make Ghost Anakin in a three-pack? Yes, they did. Yeah. Old man Anakin, but they never made color Anakin. Uh, mm, and as... No. Did they? No. He's been sorely missing. Uh, so has the Imperial Dignitary. Never got another toy because of some sort of the actress never signed her likeness rights to a Star Wars merchandising deal. Um, but this is going to be a place where there's going to be like weird repaints of Stormtroopers, that kind of stuff. It's an incentive for you to buy these guys, open them up. And if you're a kid like, oh, I want to get this clone trooper with a red stripe on it or also places for like weird cantina guys that wouldn't necessarily flap the shelves of retail. You can get them with these points. And these figures aren't going to be super expensive point-wise. You might get enough, if you're lucky, with one figure to go redeem that for one figure. Because you might get lucky and get 20 points. Whatever. It's going to work out where if you've bought, like, four guys, you're going to have enough to get a free guy in the mail. Uh, because this is a perfect world, and it's easy to do. And, you know, economics, be, be damned. Uh, wave one, the vehicle for this wave is going to be the X-Wing with luke skywalker i kind of feel like that is essential to any star wars play pattern and it's been missing at an affordable price point at shelves for a long time now um the first wave i also said in the rules of this game you have to have one heavy hitter one troop builder and somebody with a lightsaber in each assortment because i sort of feel like those are essential to star wars and just rules are fun, whatever. But right off the bat, the cash cow, Baby Yoda, is the first figure I'd pick. I would follow him up with the troop builder in Classic Stormtrooper, which can be repainted a thousand times in a thousand different ways. And I feel like you're always going to want a Stormtrooper. Yeah, Am I crazy? I don't know. Oh. I was oh. going to say, I have a feeling we're all going to have some, cro some cross-pollination on our lists. <laughs> yeah. Um, I then followed it up with Mando because again I feel like you can't have a play pattern adventure with just Baby Yoda you gotta have the Mandalorian and for the lightsaber and I feel like you need a bad guy in every wave I picked Darth Malgus okay as an out there he looks cool kids aren't gonna care and he's a badass Sith guy and right out the way, you're kind of you're establishing that, like, this line isn't afraid to do expanded universe crazy stuff like that. But they're also doing classic Star Wars and they're also doing modern Mandoverse stuff. Second wave, I kind of like move these guys around a lot. Originally, I had Mando in the second wave, but I felt like kids would be 
upset not having a hero to play with in that first assortment. You got to have Steve, that like. I just whoop. have to chime in real quick and say that personally speaking, as a Star Wars collector. Yes. If if this were a start from scratch line, I would hate that first wave. I know. <laughs> I just I just had to throw it out there. The the whole time listening, I was like, no, no, too reliant on new media. <laughs> I'm old. I, I will I will say this real quick. I didn't take this as a you know, uh, an exercise and we're building a new line to like, you know, it, the traditional thing of must have main villain, must have main hero, must have staple characters. I didn't do that with this exercise. I kind of just picked characters that I thought would make good toys. Yeah. I approach this as a 10 year old. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I was like, okay, just make it. Like, oh shit. And that was honestly, that is the the biggest problem I I had with this with this exercise. Not that I, not that I, it it wasn't enjoyable, but for me, I can't I can't turn off my industry side brain anymore when I'm doing things like putting together a toy line. So it's really hard for me to look at it from that ten year old perspective. For me, it's a very serious, like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to look at the characters that would make the most sense, the characters that would, you know, hit these things that I could do with this price point that would please this group of fans but still be intriguing to kids. Uh, I would need to look at what would it be able to share later tooling. See, I'm kind of looking at it like Fortnite where they just pick random skins. Yeah, but but yeah, no, it's it's I've been I have been making toys for too long for me to (laughs) turn a 10 year old brain on it and be like, I just want these cool toys. Like my brain needs to make sense of it at, at this point in my life. From the behind the scenes standpoint. Um, I just pictured like walking through. Caldor's Isles as a kid and just being like prune face what right you know, I, where's Mando uh, thinking that like I would get to it eventually so wave two the as I said each wave is going to have this mail away system will have older figures that aren't on the shelves anymore and repaints of stuff so the figure to go along with Anakin with using your points is going to be the zombie death trooper from the death troopers star Wars book. Maybe it's a little too gruesome for retail. It's an exclusive. If you send in your proofs of purchases, but it'd be these codes that you get from opening these figures up and doing the scratch off. Um, So I would have black chrysanthemum from the Mandoverse, who I thought is an awesome character and needs to be out there in toy form. Um, Originally I had him in place of Mando and wave one. But I just feel like you can't have one without the other. And I also felt like Mando and Baby Yoda in a pack together is kind of a, a cheap trick. I feel like Baby Yoda should come with a bunch of fun accessories and shit. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, for the Troop Builder, I wanted the Destroyer Droid from Episode 1, 2, and 3. Got the same Again, one as I did. <laughs> I just I was like, I need a robot, and I love those damn things. 
Yep. Um, episode three, Obi-Wan. Which, for two reasons. One, I figured the Obi-Wan series would be coming out around the same time. And I just think I love episode three, Obi-Wan. And it plays into something else. Uh, the fourth kind of out there character is Wicket. Because I feel like the Ewoks don't get enough love. And I think people genuinely love the Ewoks, despite what the hardcore fan base says. Hold on. <coughs> Bless you. For my deluxe thing, I'm going to have a remake of the Episode 3 Build a Darth Vader playset. That table where you could take Charred Anakin and turn him into Darth Vader. Which I felt like was never done properly. It looked like shit when it came out. I thought that would be a perfect time for like a cool deluxe set. So A, you get Darth Vader out there. And B, you get Charred Anakin. And it's a fun play feature of like building Frankenstein Anakin on that table. I don't know if you need that droid or not. But oh, man, table... see, I still have that Vader on the table. I actually pulled it out recently. And I think it's one of the best deluxe sets from episode three. It's a little lacking, but I love, like, Charred Anakin as a figure. I think it's sweet. Uh, so is Battle Damage Darth Vader from the video game. Yes. Um, great figures. I think he looked weird with the Darth Vader armor. I don't know if I can't remember. Uh, whatever. It's a sweet figure. But Build a <laughs> Vader, $20, whatever. Good price point. Those are my two lineups. Eight figures that kind of cheap, cheated. Because you get an X-Wing Luke. With the X-Wing fighter, which I don't need to explain. And it doesn't need to be to scale. It's just the X-Wing. You put Luke inside of it. Does, do you think it needs R2 that comes in and out? Or just have him stuck in the back permanently? I mean, the didn't the, the original just had him stuck in the back permanently? Yeah. yeah. So, it's um, I wouldn't say that it's out there. But the fact that we know now that you can take them in and out, I feel like. Yeah, that would be a necessary accessory. <laughs> sure, he comes with R2. But R2 would be, come out on his own again at some point, too. And yeah. I would straight up just copy the episode 2 R2 with the press a button and he beeps. Uh, I think that's the best version of R2, in my opinion. Um, I don't think anything else needs explaining. Mando, of course, comes with the Darksaber. And, you know, he's an evergreen character, sort of like the Stormtrooper. There's always more versions you could do. Beat up Mando, Mando with spear, helmet off, whatever. Um, people love him. Same thing with Baby Yoda. But, um, Mike, tell me what you got. All right. Well, uh, as far as the the line itself, I, I specifically put in here that I wanted the articulation to be in the style of Pursuit of Cobra. Uh, that, that Hasbro era of articulation was perfect for a three and three fourth inch figure. Cause you could pose them in just about any damn position you wanted. Um, nothing felt fragile. Everything was playable. So that era of articulation was the, the big thing I wanted in there. But as far as gimmicks, um, magnets in hands and feet, so you could stick them to your fridge if you wanted to, but in hand specifically for stuff like lightsabers, blasters, accessories, all that. Um, like, uh, so you, the episode two guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then as far uh, like other uh, gimmicks would be swappable slash interchangeable parts. So they would have like removable hands, removable heads, like changeable stuff like that. But then some figures you would have stuff like I, I have a stormtrooper as my troop builder, but would come with like a stump arm. <laughs> so you could have him 
you know, have his arm get chopped off by a lightsaber, that kind of a thing. Uh, and then, and then with the lightsabers uh, themselves, they would be like very much like the I, Josh, you're going to have to help me here. I forget what episode it was when they started making it where the blade could come off the hilt. Uh, I two. think, yeah, I think that was episode two. Okay. So that's kind of what I was thinking where you would have the hilt and the blade as separate pieces, but all of the blades would be glow in the dark along with blast effects, like clip on blast effects. They would all be glow in the dark. So glow red, glow blue, whatever the effect is. So wave one for troop builder had the stormtrooper. I mean, I, like I said, there's going to be a lot of cross pollination here. Um, as far as his accessories would be like, you know, the blaster clip on blast effects and a, uh, a battle damaged helmet mm-hmm. for my lightsaber wielder. I went weird here with uh Galen Merrick star killer, but the Sith Lord version. So the real dark, creepy looking like corrupted by the Sith version of that character, um, of course, coming with multiple lightsaber hilts, blast effects, interchangeable hands and the cloth goods like skirt. Um, then as far as my heavy hitter, I put uh, Clone Wars era Obi-Wan. So not animated, but just that era of Obi-Wan. So he's got the armor, you know, with the you know, he could have the, the clone trooper helmet if you wanted to put on him. Um, and then a cloth robe, of course, blaster and lightsaber and all that. Then for my my last kind of wild card character, I put Cad Bane just because cool bounty hunter. And again, I was thinking of this as a kid. What characters like if I just had the entire Star Wars pantheon open to me to pick characters from? I always thought Cad Bane looked awesome. I would give him uh, obviously his two blasters, blast effects, removable helmet and a holocron. Then for my vehicle slash beast for this wave, have to go with the Rancor, but specifically from the Book of Boba Fett. Uh-huh. So the rideable Rancor with saddle and Boba Fett figure. Because <laughs> we got Cad Bane, you got to have Boba Fett with him. I, um, those both were on my short list. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to like stuff it with all of the obvious choices. But yeah, I was like, you got to have the Rancor with Boba Fett riding it. And that's the other thing. I really tried to pick stuff from different, like from all over the Star Wars universe. So obviously like Stormtrooper original, the original trilogy, you know, Galen Merrick, like fucking video games, uh, Mm -hmm. Clone Wars era, Obi-Wan. And then of course, Cad Bane, it could be whatever version of it, but he's in the Clone Wars cartoons. He's in the comics. He's in the, the book of Boba Fett. And then of course, book of Boba Fett version of Boba Fett and Rancor. So modern era, uh, wave two, I also put the destroyer droid with, uh, you know, clip on blast effects and the uh, the translucent shield, like the little yep. force field he puts up. Um, but here's the gimmick for this. The second wave, like still using all the, the other gimmicks and stuff, but they're going to come with build a figure pieces. Specifically Ooh. for another character that will add on to this, which I'll get to the, the next character now is. Uh, Darth Maul with robotic legs. So that version of Darth Maul, the Clone mm-hmm. Wars era Darth Maul. But the Build-A-Figure parts are going to be for his spider body. Oh, so that's fun. Sweet. Each figure in this line will come with pieces. So, and I, and, and this is where Josh, like, I know your, your, your toy industry side rubs off on me a little bit because uh, I was thinking, okay, I have to have one character that could come with the, the bulbous part of the body. So it has to be a smaller character. Which brings me to my third character of uh, episode two, Yoda. So, you know, ping pong ball Yoda. Um, 
so he could have the bigger build a figure piece. But he would also have cloth figure or cloth goods, cape, and you know, lightsaber, blast effects, and all that. And then for my wild card character, I put Bosk because he's one of my favorite vintage collection toys. I love the original Bosk. <laughs> like he was, I always played with the bounty hunters. Um, and he's just a cool looking character. So come with his blaster, his mortar gun, of course, blast, blast effects pieces, as well as the, you know, some spider legs for Maul. And then last but not least, the vehicle for this wave is the Shadows of the Empire swoop bike with pilot, because you got to have some kind of speeder. Uh, and it would come with, you know, the character would come with a blaster, uh, a stand for the bike, blast effects, and a net to throw on characters. Would you do the Shadows of the Empire swoop bike pilot or the speeder bike pilot or swoop no bike. pilot okay. no it would, be, it would be the swoop bike pilot specifically from the shadows of the empire i always thought that was a really cool figure um a really cool looking character and again i was trying to pick from random eras and random lines so there was no one like we got to have luke vader you know emperor that kind of thing it was just like one character from this era one character from that era so but yeah i the main gimmick for this line is going to be like playability, not not really an action feature. So you're going to have stuff like swappable parts. Uh, the magnets on the feet, I feel like that just always gives a toy line, you know, more playability when you can, you can stick them to stuff. It's just always much more fun. So like when I, when I discovered those Zika toys, sectars had magnets in their feet, I immediately had way more fun with them. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's what I came up with. That's nice. awesome. Josh. What's yours? Okay, so if if it wasn't obvious by my statement before, I I went into this thinking that this was a company going in starting from scratch to relaunch a Star Wars line. Um and me being me naturally, uh I thought to myself, well, where's the best place to start? Let's start at the beginning. So, you know, very, very first thing I thought of was like first first wave has to be a new hope heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first wave is not only a new hope heavy, it's a new hope centric. Period. Uh, because I I personally I was always well, I do love the variety of mixed waves. I loved that era when they were basically like, here's a new wave of four figures all from this one movie or show. Because it felt like a really easy way to like do mini collections at one time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. That was, that was one of my favorite eras of collecting because it was always that moment of like, Oh, that's really cool. Next wave coming out is Return of the Jedi. That's exciting. I can guess which figures they'll probably include that are new. Like these will probably be repacks or, you know, rehashes of older figures. So it was always it was always more fun for me when they would do the themed waves. Mm-hmm. Um, even more so because. There were certain things that were were instantly more exciting to me. Like if they announced in a phantom menace wave right away, I was like, okay, not too excited. Like, I, I don't need another, 
I don't need another Jake Lloyd. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> alternately, if it were from Clone Wars or, you know, Return of the Jedi, I'd instantly be like, okay, I'm intrigued. So that being said, uh, my first, I, I, I also uh, unquestionably went X-Wing first wave. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't even consider a pack in pilot just because I figured it would make it more accessible for all of the other figures. If it didn't, if it weren't specifically associated with a pilot for a play pattern. Also that way you could invest as much as possible in the tooling for the vehicle itself and do things like locking X foils, opening cockpit, uh, you know, maybe a firing blaster. I never considered the economics of any of it. I was just like, if I want a vehicle, I want a guy with it. You See, know? I, and I was also thinking of, you know, all of the, I, I was also drawing from the, the history of star Wars in the respect that a lot of the times. Oh, the, true. Yeah. The small scout sized vehicles would come with a figure. Anything over that would not. Now, granted, that's Kenner Hasbro. Uh, so, you know, I, I shouldn't be drawing from that. But that being said, uh, my thinking for doing just the X-Wing on its own without a pilot was that then you could have anyone pilot it. It could be good or bad from a kid's play uh, play pattern standpoint. Like, especially if you don't specifically title it Luke Skywalker's X-Wing. Right. Right. Just, just have it be X-Wing fighter. Now, Josh, did these have a gimmick? Uh, well, the the for the X-wing fighter, the gimmick is locking S foils. The figures, I mean. Ah, you just wait. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna get we're gonna get into the lineup, and we're gonna go figure by figure. Uh, these are gonna be basically Jazzwear style. However, the gimmick is the fact that. They all have gimmicks. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they ah, all, okay. They all have play some features? sort, some sort of play feature to them. Uh, so, so you're going Motu. I, I'm going a little bit Motu. I partially nice. inspired by, uh, partially inspired by this Flying Fist He-Man because I love the fact that his, uh, he has all of the articulation of the standard origins figures. And a perfectly incorporated play feature. Very cool. Uh, like, you can still move the arms around, and it doesn't affect it. They just sort of lock into place, and there's, like, a little click. Um, so you can, you know, have his arms positioned any way to start that flying fists. Uh, so, first figure in the lineup is going to be the Troop Builder. This is the only one that I pulled from an era that is not a new hope or is not classic star wars troop builder is going to be tuscan raider that comes with the gaffy stick and the cloak braid and lightsaber if you want to make it into a shard head Mm, nice so you have the choice of being a deep cut comic character that maybe not everyone would want 
but most people want at least a couple of Tuscan Raiders. Uh, and that way, you could also if have a shard hat and some of his tribe, if you so chose. Um, it's one of those like extra accessories you could use, with the exception of the braid, that you could really clip on to any figure. Mm-hmm. Any figure could use the lightsaber. Any figure could use the cloak that he comes with. So they're cool extra accessories. His play feature would be the essentially like flying fist he-man you would be able to swing his arms up and down to either swing the lightsaber or the gaffy stick for the classic tuscan raider (laughs) Uh, next figure which also incorporates the same play feature of the moving arms uh, but in a slightly different way is obi-wan kenobi he incorporates the arm play feature to be able to use the Jedi mind trick. Nice. So you can use the, the, like the idea behind the play feature is like squeeze his legs or press the button on his back and his arm raises to his head. So he can then, as soon as you let it go, be like, you don't need to see his identification. And it's like, he's waving it off. Very specific to the character for his action feature but also it's the same action feature anyone has so it doesn't matter it's not going to need a new internal tooling piece uh next figure up is sorry i was going over who i who i had planned for the wave uh is greedo he's the wild card figure because you need one of the weird figures from the cantina Mm -hmm. he's a bounty hunter uh, he is both in the cantina and a standalone bounty hunter, and he can make use from that same action feature. And then the uh, quote-unquote heavy hitter figure of the series, Han Solo. Because who doesn't want the roguish scoundrel, and he can go up against Greedo, so you have a built-in hero and enemy nice plus all of the figures in that first wave would be able to make use from the same basic action figure action feature uh but incorporated in slightly different ways greedo and han solo could draw their blasters obi-wan kenobi could raise his hand to his head for the jedi mind trick the tuscan raider can raise its arms up and down for the gaffy stick or the lightsaber if you choose to go a shard head and if you're restarting the line from scratch you have a at least two core characters from the original movie. I would that, argue that Obi-Wan's a heavy hitter too. He he is, but my original thinking uh, before I decided to include the Ashard, uh, Ashard head accessories for just added play value, mm-hmm. uh, he was the lightsaber. He was solely the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, and then, then last minute I was like, uh, Tuscan Raider, but uh, Tuscan Raider, well... That'll be my that'll be a deep cut. Because I don't I I had looked through everything I did and I was like, I don't really have any deep cuts. Uh, Next wave is going to be heavily based on surprise. The Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Um, Although I did cheat a little bit in this one simply for the fact that the vehicle for this wave is not Empire Strikes Back based. Uh. 
it is very specifically Darth Vader's tie advance. Thinking okay. from the respect that if you have the tie advance out there, it takes very little to take the core body from that and retool the wings to make it into a just tie fighter. Yeah. So then you have the core thing out there that you can then retool for later use in, in the mid-size vehicle category. Um, but very specifically Darth Vader's tie advanced, which means of course the first figure of the wave is going to be Darth Vader. Darth Vader will, uh, because I agree with Mike, I think one of the most interesting things they did of all time is the magnets. Uh, Darth Vader will have a magnet embedded in his hand to be able to draw his metallic lightsaber to him so he can use the force. Yep. Darth Vader will also uh, include an extra arm for his play feature. The extra arm will uh, be preposed pretty drastically and only have one use because Darth Vader's entire play pattern gimmick thing is Darth Vader use the force so his extra arm will have essentially a little nerf type trigger on the back of it which you can pull back and then send a blast of air out of his hand to knock another figure over with the force. Nice. Yeah, sweet. Uh, very simple mechanism. Wouldn't cost much to tool because it's all existing technology that can be incorporated into a small scale very easily and wouldn't take a lot of extra plastic so it wouldn't push him into a deluxe category. Not that I thought about it. <laughs> uh, next figure in the wave would be Bespin Luke Skywalker because you would need, at this point, the other core hero, uh, aside from Han Solo, yes, I know they're not the only core heroes, but uh, you can't go two waves in and not have a Luke Skywalker, in my personal opinion. Uh, especially if you're starting the line from scratch, because Luke is the core of the saga. So Luke Skywalker, Bespin Fatigues, his action feature will also be, he'll share it with Vader. He will use the force with a pre-post arm and a magnet in his hand that can draw his lightsaber to him so they can have their best spin battle. Uh, and that way, also within the wave, you have a hero versus villain. Removable hand? Uh, it can be because the articulation will be there. Okay. Like, it's not a specific necessarily necessary feature, but... But uh, just a little bit of imagination could pop that sucker right off. Yeah, I would... Uh, the basic articulation, again, would I would want to do it similar to the Jazz World Sport Night, so you can just pop it off with very little effort. Um, next figure up is the Troop Builder. Uh, it's going to be the classic Stormtrooper, which allows you to bring back the action feature from the first wave of the Stormtrooper drawing a weapon. Mm -hmm. So he can draw his weapon and miss the shot every time. <laughs> Uh, also, again, that gives easy, easy repaint and quick retool ability, and that way you can do battle damage troopers in later waves, or shock troopers, or sand troopers, or etc., etc. Um, not a lot to be said with the stormtrooper because I I feel like they're so basic you don't, you know that that's enough. 
like if you have a stormtrooper that can draw his weapon, awesome. I think the stormtrooper is the you think of a Star Wars figure, you think of the stormtrooper. Everybody knows what to expect. Yeah. It's chocolate ice cream. Uh, and then last up is arguably the only thing that can be tied into modern media for Star Wars for me, which is Boba Fett. Yep. Um, who would come with jetpack, blaster, soft goods, half cloak, uh, and I'd venture to say has that exact same drawing feature because really, what else do you need from an original trilogy Boba Fett? Right. Yeah. Like all he did was peek around the corner and raise his blaster. <laughs> True. Uh, and die. But you know, this is this is an Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett. So you know, we're we're not in a. It's not a dead Boba Fett yet. <laughs> um, but that way it could also like, it's Boba Fett. So you could easily include a black skirt piece and as an accessory and boom, it can be modern Boba Fett or classic Boba Fett. You know, what's funny about all this. I just took notes on everything. We pretty much planned an entire year of star Wars toys. Yep. With, I think, Oh God. Very little in the way of crossover, except for the stormtrooper. Which you could just re-release in other waves and it would sell fine. I think it's funny and that we all had Obi-Wan and uh, freaking Stormtrooper as well. It, yeah, okay. Three different well, Obi-Wans I, in the years. I had, considered, uh, I had considered not doing the Stormtrooper and doing it a Snowtrooper. You, you know, it's funny is when, when I was originally thinking uh, of the, the troop builder, I almost went with a clone trooper. Only because I was like, everyone else is going to have a stormtrooper on there. Maybe a clone trooper. But then I was like, there were so many damn clone trooper toys <laughs> that I'm like, ah, stormtrooper is still my favorite. I Yeah, I got to go with him. I, I think, I, I mean, yeah, the stormtrooper is classic, but I love the episode three stormtrooper. A little bit? Yeah. What's up? I can be on the end in my like less than an hour. Yes. Why? What's up? If you play with me. Okay, I'll be out down. A little bit. Okay. Okay. Put the pouty face away. Stop. Stop it. Can I come in here? Well, I'm finishing up the podcast. Where's your butt wet? Because I got um, I was drawing up a towel. Okay. Can I finish this up quick? Yeah. Daddy's gonna use some bad language, so you should probably leave. <laughs> We're talking about Star Wars. I'll have you know. Okay. Can you give me a few minutes? I'll be right out. Is mommy still putting the cookies away? Zoe, please. 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 I'll be done quick. I'll wrap it up and I'll come out and play with you, okay? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. When my time you get in, I have to take a shower. Okay. I'll I'll wrap it up. Zoe, don't make me feel guilty. Come on. Your pouting won't work. I'll be out in a little bit, okay, kiddo? Love you. Uh, things that parents have to ask. Why is your butt wet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, a little peek behind the curtain. Daughter's a Girl Scout, 
And when you sell Girl Scout cookies, the parent of the kid selling them has to pick up the Girl Scout cookies and then deliver them to the people that bought them Yep. in person. My daughter sold over 500 boxes of cookies. Oh, Jesus. Our living room is full of cases of Girl Scout cookies that we have to sort out into different bags to then deliver to the people who ordered cookies. On top of all of this, gas prices are over four bucks a gallon. We have people as far away as Niagara Falls, Maurice, that got cookies. And the peanut butter patty cookies, the batch got messed up, so nobody got peanut butter cookies. But Girl Scouts isn't giving refunds. You have to pick a different cookie or do some other shenanigans or it's up to you. It's just an extra headache we don't need. So my daughter could get like a penguin stuffed animal for selling a certain amount of cookies. Yeah. That that sucks. And the podcast, as per usual, is running late. And I was going to ask you guys, Mike, you mentioned on your Patreon for uh, Boogeyman's Closet that you're going to shorten up the episodes a little bit. And that's a great idea. But should we shorten up Count Creepyhead? Uh, consistently, I mean, we are two and a half hours. <laughs> totally up to you guys. I know for myself, I like both the hunker down and listen for a while type of podcasts and the short bite sized podcasts. Uh, one of the things that was getting to me with Boogeyman's Closet was that we were running longer than the movie's runtime, and I was like, that's just not okay in my book. Uh, <laughs> like, if the movie is an hour and a half and we're putting in a two-and-a-half-hour podcast, something's wrong. <laughs> so uh, that's that was my main goal. And then, like, with Rental Rants, we, we have just – we figured that would help uh, shorten the Raised by Rentals episodes if we got all of our ranting out in another format. So um, I'm going to keep that in mind when I'm a guest. <laughs> and I'm not going to overdo it because I can talk and talk and talk and talk. Um, well, no, and that's the that's the thing. I know that's going to happen still, and I'm totally cool with that. But I mean, there were plenty of episodes where it was just me, Maurice, and Susie, and the movie is like you know, like I said, an hour and a half, and we're coming in around two hours. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? You know. So yeah. Um, you guys want to do the Hall of Fame? We'll wrap this baby up. Uh, we're going to come back to this plotting toy lines topic again i don't know if there's uh, enough meat on the bone to do it weekly but it's fun uh well, so if we got slow weeks i think i'm gonna throw it in there i have a proposal for you guys for the for the hall of fame okay vintage star wars figures but not the heavy hitters so no vader no luke no boba fett none of that so vintage figures that weren't main characters challenge accepted yeah I need a minute, though, because I had something else planned. Who am I going to pick? So if they're not a heavy hitter, Yoda's a heavy hitter. Yeah, like so. So no. So let's put it this way. No Jedis, because they're heavy, heavy hitters. No main characters. So no Han, no Chewie, no Leia, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, all those guys. They're out. Um, you know, I would even go so far as to say Stormtrooper. Throw a Stormtrooper out there. All right. Because yeah, everybody, everybody had one. Yeah. So and then, of course, that's going to immediately be like, oh, I had that guy. So click, you know, I'm talking out of the guys like Prune Face and frickin the Gamorrean Guard and Admiral Akbar, and, you know, the various <laughs> the various Ewoks and a man, well, a man. <laughs> uh, Mike, 
congratulations, Baby Fozzie won. Woo! As we predicted, the least creepy toy of all time <laughs> that we've ever nominated. It just won via nostalgia. Oh yeah, everybody had it. Everybody loved it. Uh, the rest were like tied, but you came in there and you won, so you get to pick first. Your right, well, vintage Star Wars character. I am going to go with... Now, I know this isn't his actual name, but this is the name of the figure. Walrus Man. Yep. I'm going with him because I had, like... I don't know what it was about that toy. It was one of my first Star Wars figures, and I played with him until he fell apart. Yeah, I like it. He was fun. Um, Josh... Go ahead. Uh, see, I'm going to go with another one who, despite the fact that this is not his name, uh, the vintage toy was named such, so I will give him this title. Uh, I'm going to go with Vintage Zuckus, a.k.a. Forlom. Oh, man. Damn it. <laughs> take. Uh, there w- I take. I loved the fact that he was like a weird droid body with a like strangely organic insectoid head. Yeah. Man, they're such great toys. I loved um yeah. Got getting the names confused. Zuckus is the the khaki dune style. Or no wait, that's yeah okay. Yeah tech the, their actual names, you know, Forlom is the robot. Zuckus is the the short, yeah, kind of bug guy in the overcoat. They're both great. Uh, fuck. I feel like if I say Admiral Akbar, it's cheating and he's gonna win. I don't. Uh, know. I, you know, I feel like as far as the vintage toys go, I feel like all all three of these are pretty iconic vintage toys. Yeah. I am gonna go. With Hammerhead. I was just going to say the other one I can think of is Hammerhead. Uh, it's a toss up between Hammerhead, Akbar, and Niendum. Uh, I loved Niendum. Yeah. He was always just like the cool guy and Pruneface were like the cool dudes and didn't get much in the movie, but I played with them a ton. And they got like lots of extra stuff to do. But I think. Hammerhead, because he's so out there. I the, love the, him. The Go other ahead. one for me uh, that was just like a crazy, constantly played with figure that didn't really do anything in the movie was a man man. That weird, long, like long armed, short leg little monster that was in Jabba's palace. I yeah. have a hammer. I have a vintage hammerhead with the staff. I don't have his coin. It's a great figure. Wait, Hammerhead or Amanda Man? Or Amanda Man, sorry. Oh, see, now, the, the great thing with that figure is when you put his arms over his head, they were, like, placed just far enough apart. And I had this, uh, I think it was Fisher-Price canoe that he could grab onto both sides of it. So I always had him as, like, an underwater monster. And he would, That's like, awesome. reach up and grab the canoe and pull it underwater. <laughs> I love that figure. Josh, do you want your guy as Zuckus or Forlon? I mean, technically he should be Zuckus, but I guess we'll not confuse people and call him Forlon. 
I would do Zuckus parentheses for long. I'll just so put the picture up so they know. You're talking about the because uh, I'm getting confused now. You, you're talking about like the the actual like robot looking one, right? The three peel yes. body bug head. Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Vintage Vintage Toy called him Zuckus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I was getting confused. I was like, wait, I think I'm following correctly. <laughs> yeah. For for some reason, the uh, the Vintage Toys reversed their names. Yeah. That's one of those bits of trivia that I always forget. My, uh, when I was a little kid, I'll wrap it up with this story, then we'll go, because as, as you guys know, my daughter Zoe wants to play. Um, when I was a kid, I was in a Star Wars past the point that Star Wars was available at retail. And there was like a gray period where like Star Wars ended, G.I. Joe wasn't huge yet, and there was another lines picking up the slack like Ninja Turtles. And you couldn't find everything at stores. You could find like Power of the Force, Force of KB and things like that, but there wasn't a ton. And I pestered my mother until she got a hold of Kenner somehow. And then Kenner sold her a case of figures directly of figures oh, wow. that I specifically asked for that I could never find from the back of the packaging. Um, and I remember getting Forlom and Zuckus and being like thrilled. And then, like, a little while right after that, getting into G.I. Joe and just being an afterthought. But I always look back on that and being like, man, somehow Kenner hooked her up with some toys. Like, I don't know how she did it. Like, she wrote a letter or called him or something. But I remember getting a case of, like, eight guys in the mail and just being blown away. Um, That's freaking awesome. Yeah, of a mix of, like, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Power of the Force stuff. And it was just like, whoa. Um, All just, like, B-list aliens. I remember the only one that I couldn't get that I wanted really bad was a gonk droid. And they oh, didn't I'm, have it available. And I was like, man, I want a gonk droid. I had one and I, I loved that droid. It was so it was some of the droids with with Star Wars were so simple, especially the vintage ones. But my God, they were so fun. Like, I mean, even vintage R2. And, and what, what was the other, Josh? You'll know the other uh, droid, the one that gets that they R, almost buy R5. R5. Thank you. I can never remember the the numbers. But like all of those droids, they, they were so simple, but they were so much fun. And I don't know. Did you guys do this? I used to to turn R2 with like his butt up in the air and use him like a cannon. Oh, yeah. always. He got <laughs> okay, stuck on my sure. finger so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah, so fun. He, he was like the mobile attack version because I never had the lightsaber one that came out later. I always had just like old school R2. Yeah. And I had like four or five of them. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things like you had a ton of them as a kid. You never know where they came from. You just had more than one R2. Yeah. Which is always weird. Um, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. We've run late as always. It's two hours and 30 plus minutes of awesomeness from Count Creepyhead. Uh <laughs> We had a joke planned with Timmy calling in, getting fisted because he wants to be a Muppet, but uh, we'll do it later because we have ran extremely late. So I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, I promise it'll be the joke in next episode. Of we just... promise we'll fist Timmy later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fist fuck that little shit real good. Don't worry. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more shenanigans and stuff and things, and it'll be awesome. 
and we'll meander into topics like G.I. Joe and Star Wars and He-Man, as we always do. So thanks for listening. This is Mike saying take care of Spike Your Hair. <laughs> Bye. This is John saying <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Josh. 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 Oh, wait, this is a message. Oh. So, guys, uh, Mr. Jackson, he dropped me off in front of Muppet Studios. And he said, uh, I'm out of Menudo. I don't, I don't understand what that means, but I guess they're, uh, I'm their problem now. I don't know, but I'm excited because I get to be a Muppet. Yay! Oh, hi. Hi. Yeah? Uh, uh, what? What do you mean? That's a really big hand you got there. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, God! You guys, they're sticking their fist inside of me! Oh, oh God! Oh, oh. 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 Wow! It's everything I thought it would be. Oh, oh, oh they're making me talk somehow. Look. And they got little sticks tied to my arms. I'm a real boy. followed you before. I haven't the time for it. No, Count. Not even you will remember that you spelt Creepyhead with a K to avoid being sued by Play-Doh. Count, Facebook and Instagram likes please you, so grant me my friend request. And if you do not listen, to hell with you!